Wow, it's uh, it's so much nicer when things work than when they don't. Hi, everyone. This is uh, Did That Make Air, episode 17. And actually, everything, knock on wood, cross fingers, all that stuff, actually works this week. Joined by Ed Barnes, I'm Brian Wilmer. I, I'm, I probably jinxed it. I'll take that chance, Ed. If, if, uh, if something breaks, then it's my fault. I don't think you need to take that on yourself, Brian. I, I feel like last week was getting our technical difficulties out for the year almost. I mean, it was, if it wasn't one thing, then whatever you use to fix it simply became broken. <laughs> it was un-freaking-believable. Uh, of course, I managed to listen to the show back, and and I, I really thought it was one of our more entertaining ones. So unfortunately, it's probably one that most people won't make it through. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was good. At least, at least we got it recorded. At least it came out, so all's well that ends well or something. Yes, it's sitting there in perpetuity for future lawsuits. <laughs> if you want to contact the program, it's easy to do. At Did That Make Air on Twitter. You can also email us dtmapodcast at gmail.com. Again, dtmapodcast at gmail.com. A bunch of stuff to get to tonight, and uh, one of the things that might have kind of slipped through the, pardon the pun, slipped through the cracks a little bit last week with all of the stuff that was broken was your uh, your cleanse situation. Do we have a mm. cleanse update on the program? Uh, I'm still cleansing. I, I mean, that's the update right there. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm still driving past restaurants left and right thinking, boy, that real food looks good. Um, but at the same time, I a lot of the things that I talked about on last week's show is the reason I, I'll backtrack in case people were not able to listen last week. Uh, I'm doing this. It's a 10 and it's we ended up getting extended a couple of days now, a tw- 12 day cleanse. And we're on day seven today. And while I mean, some people do this because they want to lose weight. And that does happen to me on this is, is I've actually lost nine pounds in a week, which is kind of crazy. But the reasons that I say that I do it is just kind of resetting the system, getting in, uh, you know, getting good stuff into the body and making and purging all the bad stuff out, which is, you know, why you think you'd be doing a cleanse. And you start to feel it in ways like you feel, you sleep better, you have more energy, you can focus better um, and even just feel less pain in the body thanks to the fact that there's less inflammation going on. And all of that has really started to happen. I had a great night's sleep last night. Um, I felt a lot more focus and energy while I was working today and I'm really glad I did because it, a lot of work has kind of been thrown my way here last minute, so I've needed to <laughs> grind through a lot of things in a hurry. But uh, a lot of these things uh, that I, you know, that I mentioned last week as potential benefits have been happening, and you know, I, I understand that a lot of people think that it's silly, uh, but I'm also not trying to push it on anyone either. Well, it's it's kind of like religion that a lot of people think religion is silly, but people don't try to push it on others. Is that how that works? Uh, well, I'd say a lot of people are trying to push religion on people. It just depends <laughs> on which religion. Yeah, um, fair enough. I'd like to answer Jerry in the chat room by simply saying no. <laughs> we won't say why we're saying no. We're just going to say no. That's probably the... Uh... That's as much of a response as that needs. Uh, I'm kind of, I, I guess, a little sad that you didn't choose the uh, the cleanse method that some people chose. And I, I had oh. a, a thing about this earlier this week. Apparently... People have figured out that you can use sugar-free gummy bears for cleansing oh, purposes. I did. Yes, I saw your post on this, <laughs> and some of the responses are just priceless. Uh, and no, this is not the method I am going about. It is more about <laughs> eating raw foods and increasing your intake of fruits and vegetables versus eating sugar substitutes that wreck your stomach. <laughs> 
Yeah, um, I'll just go ahead and read a few of these, um, just because. I know a lot of people didn't get a chance to see this, but just to let everybody know, there is a Haribo five-pound bag of sugar-free gummy bears available on Amazon. And um, let's just say it kind of has a little bit of unintended consequences when you eat these things. This is a review from earlier this, actually earlier today. Uh, it's titled "From the Men's Room," <laughs> and uh, already a good start. This one says, "Never again." My brother left a bag of what was labeled the regular gummy bears at my house. He swapped them for these sugarless gummy bears. <laughs> oh wow, that's cold. <laughs> that's just cold. Because <laughs> I'm a shoe in for hate of the year. Uh, <laughs> I've had three colonoscopies so far in my life, and this is by far worse than that gallon of nasty they made me drink. Ow. <laughs> wow. Jeez, uh, that just sounds terrible. And Jerry, <laughs> come on. Uh, this is the second year that I've done this, and I know you weren't able to listen to the program last week, but this is the second year I've done this, so this is not um, – I don't know if she's if that's if that's my fiance's plan to cleanse the old me and bring in a new me, um, then it's well along its path. I mean, come on, <laughs> watched enough Bravo television that I think that would be the cleansing process. That's like the propaganda, I guess, of the oh, new fiance. God. Is that is that what we're talking about? <laughs> the the remainder of this review, the FDA needs to look into this. Someone is going to end up getting hurt either by the gas or from your insides cramping so much blood stops flowing to an organ. And uh, it, it closes and says they tasted very good. I want to give it three stars because of that, but I don't want to mislead anyone. Wait a minute. So if something tastes fantastic but has those kind of effects, you're still thinking I should give it three stars for the taste? <laughs> That's flawed reasoning, folks. I mean, come on. Doesn't this – you know? All right. <laughs> if you think about something like potato chips or something of that nature, right? If you think about something like that, that you know potato chips are not good for you. Right? Sure, sure. And come on. They're fried. At least, you know, the average run-of-the-mill potato chip. Right. You know that it's not very good for you up front. So if you're just going to say, hey, these taste fantastic, I give them five stars, all right, totally understandable. Uh, you're not looking at those as some sort of healthier alternative, which honestly – even if they didn't have these side effects, I don't think these sugar-free gummy bears are. I mean, artificial sugar is terrible for you. But the thing is, how can you, how do you rationalize? If you look at that end result, can you really say the initial three seconds of taste is worth the end result to make it three stars? <laughs> That's a poor judgment method. Well, I guess if you average the five stars of the taste versus the one star of what happens afterwards, it comes out to a three. All right. Again, I'm going to talk about it's <laughs> Three seconds of taste, right? <laughs> Versus three hours in the restroom. <laughs> so wouldn't you have to, and we're going to start getting into the world of sabermetrics somehow on sugar <laughs> gummy bears. I don't know what the weighted linear weights value is on sugar-free gummy bears, but I'm going to tell you that I don't think it's it's going to even out. The, the weighted average here is going to be about a negative four. Well, look at it this way. At least these things have a high DAR uh, value, the dumps above replacement category. That has got to be through the roof. <laughs> if you didn't go to Costco and pick up the industrial size uh, toilet paper package, then you've not prepared for your five-pound bag of sugar-free gummy bears. Here's, uh, here's another review. The title is, Should Be Classified as WMDs. <laughs> 
This person says, I ate a handful of these on a flight from New York City to California, and I have now been permanently banned by that airline. I heard they, I heard they had to fumigate the plane. Ew. <laughs> I don't feel like I'm a person that's easily grossed out, but that's 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 really disturbing. I'm mainly because I'm a person who flies a lot. <laughs> it's like the uh, the guy taking his uh, his medical exams in uh, Van Wilder. Yes, yes, <laughs> Richard Bag. Yes, the uh, just just some other parts of these reviews, and I, some of them are worth reading. Uh, parts of the thing, some are worth reading the entire thing. One person says that they turn you into a human super soaker. That's, see, if we put the kind of effort into writing useful things, <laughs> just the imagery that's been conjured on these reviews, you just wonder if we could get our country back to the good old days where we were the true superpower, America. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, about one month ago at work at Taekwondo school, so this person works at a Taekwondo academy, apparently. I, no, I, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, trust me. Uh, I, I noticed some of my personal belongings were disappearing. Small things like energy bars and five-hour energy shots. A look at these security cameras didn't tell me anything useful, so I concocted a plan of vengeance. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Why yes. do I see, like, a late-night movie being made about this? Uh, <laughs> the plan included one bag of these innocent-looking gummy bears and a small bag of specially formulated homemade gummy bears. The special bears are simply the sugar-free variety with a scorpion pepper paste filling. Oh, gosh. Man, this is, I, I didn't realize that people were so creatively vengeful. <laughs> uh, I, I knew that people got bitter, and I know that they want revenge, but I didn't realize that they were quite so creative about it. Uh, this, this person says, Since I know firsthand the effects of eating spicy foods while going to the restroom, I know whoever stole the sandwich-sized Ziploc was in for a painful surprise. I've found this revenge plot somewhere between pure, undiluted, and supreme evil and fun ideas to share with Satan in my cabinet of, re- of revenge ideas. Okay, now, while he talks about sharing these ideas with Satan, <laughs> let's get into the morals of this right here. Sure. Let's get into the morals of this. If we're, if we're really going to break it down, someone was stealing from this person. Mm-hmm. Yes. So they had a plan to say, hey, I wouldn't mess with me anymore. No pun intended with mess. <laughs> so. Count it. Do you really think that that's all that bad? I don't see that as something that's really going to be sending you, you know, on the elevator down in the afterlife versus the elevator up. <laughs> well, um. He describes the uh, the aftermath of one and a half hours later. He says the first guy to eat them is sitting in the bathroom and has been for close to an hour. The scent can only be described as toxic. It makes Saddam Hussein's mustard gas look like a joke. The sounds like the German countryside during a U.S. artillery barrage. The second guy to eat them, apparently uh, another guy got some of them from him. Yeah, that's the part I don't quite understand. Yeah. <laughs> Why would you do this to an innocent person? That's that's gonna get that's you're going down to the second parking level for that one. Well, no, here's here's the problem. This guy put them out there for the guy whom he wanted to uh, revenge, revenge, and then that guy gave them to some other guy. Mm, well, so, that's a tough break. Yeah, that's uh, that's getting caught in sniper fire right there. Yes. Uh, this guy says, "I'm honestly surprised he wasn't hired by North Korea to create WMDs, and the sounds make the other sound uh, sound like a pop gun." <laughs> Uh, neither of them could walk straight for close to a week due to the damage inflicted by the bears passing mixed with the pepper oil. 
That sounds really terrible. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, exceptionally terrible. Uh, Jerry, I don't think a courtesy flush is going to take care of it in that situation. <laughs> um, no, no, not so much. I really don't think it will. So how are these not being recalled? Uh, apparently, it says on the bag that it may cause a laxative effect, but people don't bother to read that. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I remember there was another mass-produced food item uh, <laughs> that didn't go so well when it came to the effect that it had on people's digestion. Do you remember Olestra? Oh, yes. Yes, I do. Yes. Um, you know, it's it's disturbing enough when the television commercials – I don't think the TV commercials actually said it out loud, but all of the bags had it printed on the warning that it may cause anal leakage. Um, and that's something that you just can't really forget ever reading. Uh, that's a word grouping that just kind of sticks in the old dome. So if that stuff didn't make it, despite the fact that it you know, allowed you to have potato chips that tasted more or less like potato chips with no fat or whatever the health benefits supposedly were – I'm amazed that they're still making these gummy bears. <laughs> that is. I, uh, this, this review. And by the way, if you're listening to this program, uh, if you want to submit this, yeah, if you want to submit this for any of the numerous podcast awards that are out there that yes. honor great radio, please feel free to submit this. This is our, uh, award submission program. So, uh, you know, this is sure to win us something. I mean, where else can you, tune in and hear poop jokes immediately from the beginning of the program, but yes. um, someone wrote this review. No, I see you considering purchasing these. A fun little prank to play on your digestive tract. These are Satan bears. Myself mm -hmm. and a few buddies, after laughing about some reviews, decided to buy some. Weapon storage was all it was. The package came a few days later, and we chuckled and tried some. These mother effers are fabulous. The taste is like having a package of Skittles pee on your taste buds. Okay. Uh, truly astounding. So as they're delicious, I decided to eat a few more and then some more. Nothing really happened that night. A little bloating, some discomfort, nothing to fret about. So praising the Lord that I must have been one who can tolerate the sugar substitute. When I got to work the next day, I sat down with a bowl and chowed down. That night, oh my God, forgive that night. So, first of all, I'd like to go back to the fact that we've learned that, um, this guy apparently likes to be peed on. So that's, that's really disturbing. <laughs> I mean, you're learning all kinds of things from these reviews, Brian. And, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. Why why people would put this on <laughs> Amazon.com, I'm not really sure. But, again, we're going to go back to just a risk analysis here. <laughs> would you like to go ahead and potentially gain a pound by having real sugar? <laughs> or would you rather spend multiple days holding your stomach in pain and spending it on the toilet. I I don't <laughs> see this as a contest. This seems like such an easy decision. Oh, God. Um, he continues, I was glued to the toilet seat. Streams of fire burst from my colon. When I wasn't experiencing Satan's fury exploding from my rear, I was laying in the fetal position on my bathroom floor, sobbing and begging for forgiveness. I'm a 280-pound man. I was sobbing. Mm -hmm. uh, he continues, when it was finally over, I couldn't move. I crawled onto the, onto the floor one last time and sat motionless until my dehydration finally required that I drink water. The other reviews are perfectly accurate. This is absolutely 100% true. Eat two at a time, three if you're brave, but for the love of God and all things holy, do not eat anymore. So 
is anyone else out there just uh, amused by the fact that a little pink gummy bear could cause this much discomfort in a 280 pound <laughs> man? <laughs> um, I've uh, I've been 280 in my life. I, I cannot imagine uh, you know being brought to my knees by a uh, a gummy bear. No, I really can't either. I mean, I've had some, some, you know, I, I've had plenty of experiences in my life when I've not felt well. Um, right. You know, unfortunately, my 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 lovely fiance is not feeling well and hasn't for the last few days. So I've been taking care of her uh, and washing my hands all the time. Sure. Because I am very afraid of of getting sick because I've had a lot of problems with it in the past. And usually, when I get sick, it's something that ends up taking a good. 10 days to really resolve itself. I have a tip about that, by because, the way. Because, well, as I joked with her about it, she has an immune system like an AK-47 where she'll wake up feeling bad and then be run, you know, wanting to go for a run by the afternoon, whereas my immune system is like a gun that you know shoots out the flag that says bang. <laughs> you know? So I, I have had my experiences being ill in, in various ways, mostly sinus infection type ways, but still, you know, stomach as well. Uh, I can't ever remember feeling anything at all like what is being described in these these reviews. Uh, by the way, for immune stuff, uh, we don't obviously endorse any products on this program, although we'll certainly do it if you want to pay us handsomely to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a, a product out there called Halo, which it's in a spray. You can usually find it in like the cold uh, section at like Walgreens or your local drugstore or whatever. And you spray that stuff in your mouth. You spray three, three little sprays, throw it around your mouth and swallow it. And it's basically an antiseptic that doesn't taste like an antiseptic, and it mm-hmm. it keeps your, you know, it keeps you uh, free from infestation from outbreak monkeys for six hours, which is kind of nice if you're on a plane or if you're, you know, in a mall or whatever. I need to do that uh, immediately, as I do have some trips uh, for work coming up, and if you think about, you know, my work trips. You're ending up in just terrible environments when it comes to getting sick, and I have no doubt that that's played a huge role in some of my immune challenges over the last, you know, ten years. Between planes, I mean, which is just a, you know a flying petri dish basically, and you know hotels. Who knows the last time they've changed the filter on all those on all the air that's going through there, and then TV trucks, same deal. Right. All all recycled air all the time. You're going from one place that's recycled to another place that's recycled to another. So the idea of having something like that that uh, you know pre- would prevent um, getting sick from outbreak monkeys. I, I mean, I'm down with that. I think you know, I think Cuba Gooding Jr. would be down with that. I think Dustin Hoffman <laughs> would be down with that. I think a lot of people would. Rene Russo probably. Yeah, it's uh, it's a little pricey. It's about maybe nine or ten dollars, but it's it's certainly worth it considering the peace of mind you get. It it works for me, and I've I've had the same challenges, so I would strongly recommend it. Again, let's go through our risk analysis here. Getting sick <laughs> and being out of commission for you know a week to ten days in my case, or paying nine or ten dollars. Yeah. Again, this seems like a very clear choice. As we uh, as we wind down the uh, the poop talk on the program, at least for now, I'm sure it'll come up Already? later. Already? Oh. <laughs> the, uh, the final review that we'll share with you comes from an M. Potter who says, Be sure to also buy a tub of OxyClean with this to get the, yeah. get the blood and diarrhea stains out of your underwear, clothes, furniture, pets, loved ones, and ceiling fans. Does Chipotle way work as well? <laughs> 
I'd completely forgotten about that one. That that wasn't where I was going mentally, but that's nicely played. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they said OxyClean, <laughs> and the first thing I said, I'd be like, oh, like Chipotle way? <laughs> <laughs> but the, the, the idea that you would talk about getting it to clean up your, your pets, your loved ones, and your ceiling fans, beautiful. <laughs> the ceiling fan is... is... That's funny. <laughs> oh, boy. And by the way, for those of you who are uh, listening to the program and wondering exactly why we're starting on such a stupid note, A, that's who we are, and B, uh, on the sports side of things, it probably won't be as uh, jovial for a lot of it. So we, we figured we'd just go ahead and get our acting like 13-year-olds out of our system now. And again, if you're really wondering why we're acting so stupid to start the show, you welcome to the show. Uh, we are glad that you've listened for the first time. We're amazed you've made it this far. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I have a minor big question this week. Now, of course, we, we won't debate this for any long period of time, but I asked this earlier on Twitter, and I wanted to bring it up here. I was wondering, and, and I've said this to myself numerous times, and of course I finally shared it with the world this afternoon, who got more ladies in the 80s between Lionel Richie and Kenny Rogers? Now, this is one of those where uh, my, my buddy Matt from 95 Sports immediately came out and said that Lionel Richie uh, had all the writing credits, had all the money, and Kenny Rogers was just old by that time, so Lionel Richie got more. However, don't underestimate the like mid to upper 40s crowd of women who have been with Kenny Rogers ever since the 60s and would probably you know slash their husband's throat just for, for one time to be with Kenny Rogers – you know, I, I don't know. I I, I got to call. Let's a little closer to a pick him. I mean, I, I might give uh, Lionel Richie maybe minus two and a half or three, but I, I got to lower that line a little bit. Well, I guess the, the bigger question is if if Lionel is really partying all night long, is he partying with one woman or two? I mean, that that's going to be the big variable, I think. Hate. No, I said eight. Eight. <laughs> oh, OK. I was like, hate. What's the hate about that? <laughs> no, no. Um, so that's that's one that's one variable I think you have to take into consideration. Um, but what about the fact that what so really the argument comes down to is it better to have the hot name at the time or is it better to have the name that is more established over time? Is uh, that what you're getting at? Yeah, that's that's a good question. Now here's here's the thing that Matt brought up, and actually I have to kind of agree with it. Uh, a lot of Kenny Rogers' songs right around the beginning of the 80s, you know, like Lady and all that stuff, they were all written by Lionel Richie. So here's the thing. Mm. Is Kenny using Lionel's songs to get Lionel's women? Is that how that works? Well, yeah, I guess he would be hurting his cause if it were a direct competition. <laughs> um, any thoughts to the fact that Kenny would have an easier time getting the ladies free dinner? <laughs> <laughs> Meet me backstage at four o'clock. <laughs> oh, I was more talking about. Do you like chicken? Well, there's there's that. But I was going with the buffet joke. Either one works well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, have you heard of my restaurant, the Roaster? <laughs> so that's again. These are all factors. Uh, yeah, you, you have to kind of you have to take a lot of things into account here. And the other thing is, I told Matt, and I, I'll say this, and you know. I realize that, that Kenny has his own thing going, but Lionel Richie's mustache game was tight in the 80s, son. Yes. It, it got no better yes. than Lionel Richie's mustache in the 80s. That that was before the mustache stopped, uh, you know, being a an actual fashion statement and, you know, waded into the waters of just being ironic. Yeah, meanwhile, Kenny Rogers had like the, uh, you know, I'll be waiting for you in a panel van facial hair going. He didn't have the full beard at that point? He did. He did, but it was still kind of uh, it was kind of borderline between uh, you know creepy and and uh, manly. Hmm. Yeah. I don't, 
It's a good question. I, I still think I'm my my final answer would be Lionel Richie, uh, just because uh, I, I think that the hot name at the time uh, is is going to capitalize in this situation. Now that also makes it sound like he was a flash in the pan by presenting it this way, and sure. Lionel Richie was not that. No, not at all. The the one thing I will say though, if Lionel Richie does advance. He would go against the man who got the automatic buy all the way into the championship round. Didn't have to compete any any time before now, but he gets the automatic buy into the championship, that being Prince. Ooh, that, that's a good question. Um, now, hmm. I mean, that's, yeah, that's, don't you wish, I mean, here's where sabermetrics could really help us. <laughs> Tell me about it. Yeah, do we have a a, a, a GARP rupees above replacement value? <laughs> yeah, uh, Prince's uh, par, the purple above replacement uh, value, was extremely high with him. Exceptional. We haven't seen anything like it. No, I mean that's that's Hall of Fame caliber. If you have a fifty-six par, I mean, you just don't. <laughs> there's that. Uh, that is a, something that you're going to have to respect and pay a premium to, for, especially if you want to have him on your team. Oh wait, that's not how this discussion goes. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just so, started going into sports. Wait a minute. We've we've already in the span of under a half hour invented two sabermetric measurements. We've invented dar and par. We've invented dumps above replacement and purple above replacement. Somebody get Jonah Carey or somebody on the phone. We need some help here. Wait, what about what about groupies above replacement? Oh yeah, sorry, three. I forgot Gar. about that one. Or or garp. Yeah, <laughs> garp, but not the world according to. That would be bad for this discussion. <laughs> very true a thing that happened in that <laughs> book uh yeah you know, don't want to bring that up when we're talking groupies by the way uh talking about prince one thing that might be in prince's favor the song purple rain was allegedly recorded in one take really yeah that's pretty incredible if you can bust that song out in one take uh yeah that's uh that's legendary is what that is the thing that I love about the idea of one take is the idea that he would just walk away at that point. All right, we're done. Don't need to do that again. <laughs> well, didn't want to miss his basketball game with Charlie Murphy. Right. Pancakes and cleansing waters. <laughs> game. Blouses. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, the thing um, that, that's interesting about Prince when trying to break this down is Prince is not – you know, the most uh, – obviously, the ladies love him, but not the most masculine fellow in the world. And now, does that factor in and somehow turn off some of the ladies? I, I don't know. I mean, you, you got to wonder because, I mean, like, you're you're watching Bravo and stuff like that. I mean, that kind of lowers your uh, your masculine rating a little bit. But, you know some... – no, no, Brian, 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 Brian. <laughs> we've, we've, covered, we've covered this. We've covered this before. Sorry. That's just on – yeah i'm watching the san uh -huh. diego state games bravo <laughs> is just on no I, in all seriousness some women really like the uh you know the notion of somebody that they can just kind of sit down and talk to and they won't feel pressured to you know to to get into interludes or anything like that they can just kind of sit there and enjoy an evening with them maybe a glass of wine and do whatever i mean maybe that's some women's thing and maybe, maybe uh you know lionel was a little more you know into uh you know snorting things allegedly or or uh you know <laughs> As you mentioned, having multiple women around. I mean, who knows? You're describing Prince as walking squarely into the friend zone with everyone. That's what you're describing. 
<laughs> yeah, but I don't think he'd tolerate the friend zone very long. I think he'd quickly remind them who he was. I mean, after all, when you have a song called My Name is Prince, it, he's pretty self-aware, and he could he could pretty quickly remind somebody what time it was. Yeah, that's true. That's true. This is a – these are what – these are the debates I'd rather have these days. I'd rather spend my time <laughs> figuring out uh, who who got more groupies in the 80s versus trying to figure out who should have been the 10 people on the Hall of Fame ballot. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Seriously. And, folks, I'm, I'm just going to tell you right off um, a couple of things about us. First of all, we are, we are sports addicts. We are in the sports business. But – uh, our interest in talking sports is kind of waning a little bit as, as we uh, as we go along, mainly because there are so many slapdicks in the sports business that it just kind of drives us nuts at times. Um, yeah. Anyway. That's I, true. Well, but the, the other thing is, though, is the idea that everyone is supposed to have – you are supposed to not only have an opinion but have an opinion that you are going to staunchly defend um, – being informed doesn't is no longer enough thanks to embracing debate. Yeah, enjoying or embracing screaming is uh, pretty right. much what it's turned into. But yeah, see, this is what we need to do on this program. Maybe that's an idea for some future big questions. We can debate uh, different musical things or societal things. You know, like I, I wrote, and this is embarrassing to admit, but whatever. Uh, when I was in college, I took a winter term writing course. It was a, uh, a junior level writing course. And I took it for one month. My actual paper for the course was, which is more realistic, the Flintstones or the Jetsons? <laughs> and your conclusion? Uh, my conclusion was that the Flintstones was more realistic and I actually got a B plus on that paper. That's awesome. I mean, I think I've told the, the story before, though, about how you can take popular television shows that seemingly have uh, little to no redeeming value and turn it into a, a good a good grade. So this is just another example that you can write about popular culture or even, you know, seemingly straightforward television shows and turn that into something that actually fits various theories. So what was your what was your argument, though, before I, just, I get in? I, I think I do you remember my story? I mean, have I told it recently? Uh, yeah, I think you have. Um, as far as my I'll argument quickly, then yeah. after after you're done, as far as my argument, it was more just looking at realism. And, you know, things that could actually happen and actually take place and more of a, uh, you know, relation to the normal familial unit. Like, you know, every family has, uh, you know, a, a husband and a wife and a kid and a dog and all that stuff, even if the dog is a dinosaur. And not everybody has a robot made. It, it read almost as though somebody wrote it when they were just completely, you know, S-housed. Even though mm -hmm. I don't drink, uh, somebody completely, you know, could have been drunk writing it and it, it would have sounded about the same. But uh, it went over well, so. That's surely what matters, right? And I bet that that was a, I bet that that was a fun paper for you to write. That was not one where you're slogging through it, just going like, oh god, all right, all right. I don't even know what I want to put in my introduction because I don't really, I'm not even into this topic. I don't care. That one, you're like, wait a minute. All right, I have an idea. I'm going to be able to write this. I know exactly what I'm going to talk about. That probably was an easy one to write. Yeah, it was. It was no uh, paper on the V chip for media law class. I can tell you that now. Right, I I can imagine. Now, this this quickly resetting story that I had was for a midterm. I had to decide which was the better theory that TV was a vast wasteland or that TV uh, created a global village. Is the two popular television theories of the '60s were, and uh, I said both. And there's one show that illustrates that both are true, uh, and that's Jackass. 
And I think that it's still perfect because, you know, there were plenty of people out there trying to do the same stuff despite the despite the disclaimers at the start of the show. But at the same time, can you really look at Jackass and, you know, you, you, you could laugh at it, but can you really say it's a socially redeeming show? And I got an A. So, uh, yeah, and I think the teacher's comment was just like, would never have thought of this. See, you should have waited and actually written it about Kenny Rogers' Jackass. That would have been fantastic. I don't know uh, how the teacher would have felt about the <laughs> Bat Fetcher 5000, um, but I think that, um, you know, I think that that would have been, I think that would have been a great paper. I, in a little sub-discussion here, though, Jerry brings some stuff up in the chat room uh, about uh, the fact that, that I've seen much Bravo television, uh, as that is what my fiance chooses to watch now. Uh, well, let, I don't know. We, we might need to come back to this. If we need to finish up the topic we were on, uh, well, uh, I, I think I'm going with Prince to uh, to win that bracket. Although, although it's it's pretty impossible for a lot of women to turn down Lionel Richie, especially those who were kind of on the borderline between liking R and B and liking pop and liking R and B and liking country and liking pop and liking country. You know, he kind of straddled all those lines, so he's an acceptable choice for all genres as opposed to. You know, a Kenny Rogers, who pretty much was all country people, and you know, all all people who uh, you know wanted to to uh, <laughs> you know make sure that. Well, I, I shouldn't say that, but you know where I'm going with it. <laughs> I, I said it off air. <laughs> I just really wish that uh, there was a way we could get Lionel Richie and his mustache up uh, in the picture in the broadcast <laughs> window. Uh, I mean, the picture of Jordani Valdespin uh, getting hit in an unfortunate area of the male anatomy is great. Don't get me wrong, <laughs> but. Uh, Still, that you're right. That mustache, is tight. Yeah, I as as you uh, as you continue talking, I'm going to have to see if I can find one of those now as we uh, as we go along. If, if the if the broadcast breaks, I apologize, but this is a uh, perform for our listeners. Just true. Um, and I do understand that Kenny Rogers did start in rock. Uh, you know, first edition, some great music as well. But by the '80s. That's where I think that we're going to run into an issue of, of him trying to be a crossover, um, a cro- have crossover appeal. So, yeah, I think by that point, a little bit more of a niche um, in the groupies he's getting. So I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm agreeing with you, Brian. I'm going on Richie. Yeah, uh, Kenny Rogers is starting to pull people who look like Dolly Parton at that stage. and uh, No, no. So, uh, but still, a good matchup. I mean, we, we, we got some miles. Sure. I mean, it, it, as you see, we had to kick it around for a bit before we, we came up with a, a definitive answer. I mean, it's decided. There's no other way it went. <laughs> we couldn't be wrong. <laughs> this is bad. I go to pull up images of Lionel Richie, and the first one is like a, a coffee mug. <laughs> it has a picture of Lionel Richie on it, and it says, Hello, is it tea you're looking for? <laughs> You know, it's stupid, but it's, it's funny. It's very stupid. Okay. It's stupid, but it's funny. I was just going to tell me it was some picture of, you know, him doing drugs like the dad from Alf or something. <laughs> okay, here's a question. Do you want Lionel in a black jacket or a white jacket? White jacket, I think. I think it really pops. <laughs> okay. Well. So the thing, though, that, that I want to get to, though, is it was brought up about my television viewing habits. Um, right. But here, here is the sort of a deal that my fiance and I have when it comes to TV. And we have plenty of stuff that we both enjoy watching together. We just started watching the show Homeland. Very good so far. Film the we went tr- through shows like The Wire and you know Game of Thrones and Boardwalk Empire, things of that nature. 
Uh, we both love South Park. She likes, she likes the Bravo programming. I sit there and get tanked and make fun of it. That's, that's usually <laughs> my role during it. Um, and then outside of that, the agreement that we have is that I will watch those shows with her as long as I can watch any game I would like. Now, I'm picking choose I, I'm picking and choosing my games, but and that is fantastic, by the way. Yes, it is. <laughs> that is fantastic picture of Lionel Richie. I wish everyone could see it. So, you know, she's I, I sat there and watched Housewives with her last night, which was tough because I'm on this cleanse, which meant I was sober. So it was very tough for me to get through. However, Come tomorrow night, I will be watching the San Diego State game uh, against Fresno, and you know there's not really going to be any sort of discussion about it because it's just understood that that's part of the deal. I don't see this as a bad deal at all. So uh, while we're speaking of stupid TV, I wanted to share this with you. This from CNN. Hold on. Before we – I wanted to get your opinion on this. How do you feel that this break – do you think this is an equitable agreement? Uh. It's it's fair enough, but still, you, you have to find ways to be distracted without looking distracted. I, I think you, you know you need to find ways to you know slip in an earbud or something like that while all this is going on, and that way you know you can listen to something that's actually somewhat redeeming, as opposed to just five bitchy women trying to claw at each other. Are, are you not aware of the smartphones that we have these days? <laughs> I, I am, yes. I mean, <laughs> I am perfectly capable of you know. Checking that and uh, understanding that one person was a bitch and this other person was a whore, uh, all at the same time. Well, uh, this from CNN. The next time your teen turns on MTV 16 and pregnant, avoid any disparaging remarks. The show may actually encourage him or her to practice safer sex, according to a new study. All right. Um, I can absolutely understand uh, in the in the scared straight method. That it might do that. I'm not buying it. I, I, now, no. well, but the problem here's the thing is, while what I was working toward was the idea that I had heard stories of girls getting pregnant so they could try to be on Teen Mom. Oh God, you've never heard of that? I have not. But that that person, if they try that, needs to immediately lose their uterus. No, no more uterus for you. You are done. Yeah, well, you know, um, I'll, I'll see if I can track one of these down. Oh, uh, you know, help me interwebs in a hurry. But uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll see if we, we'll see if we can. But I'll come back to that. So you were you were saying that you're not buying it? Yeah, the uh, the study released Monday by the National Bureau of Economic Research, because uh, they're qualified to do this, says 16 and pregnant ultimately led to a 5.7 percent reduction in teen births in the 18 months after its premiere on TV. This would account for about one third of the overall decline. And teen births in the United States during that period, according to researchers Melissa Kearney and Philip Levine. Hmm. Wow. All right. Um, hmm. Yeah, I, I, I mean, that's a that seems like a stretch, though, for a cause and effect, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, it does. Now, this this is even more interesting. In 2011, a total of 329,797 babies were born in the United States to girls between the ages of 15 and 19. That's a rate of 31.3 births per every 1,000 girls, according to the CDC. Uh, The CDC doesn't have any rates for 2012 yet. Kearney and Levine say that number dropped to 29.4 per every 1,000 that year. Again, you know, I I, I don't think that it's as simple as... Just being able to say, yeah, I think they're watching our television show. Uh, nor do I. And, and here's something else that they point out. 
The declining teen birth rate is a well-documented trend in the United States. Between 1991 and 2008, the rate dropped steadily at an average of about 2.5% per year. In the past four years, it's dropped even more dramatically at a rate of about 7.5% per year. So instead of just saying that it's because of a terrible television show, don't you think that you could talk about maybe, you know, increased usage of safe sex, you know, condoms, things of that nature, more people on the pill, birth control? I mean, wouldn't that have something to do with it instead of just simply saying, yeah, it's this television show? Uh, you got me. Now, listen to this. Both 16 and pregnant and teen mom have experienced their share of controversy. These shows are often criticized for glamorizing teen pregnancy. Quote, instead of really helping viewers understand the day-to-day -day responsibilities of attending to a new infant, scrubbing poop stains or spit up out of clothing. God, damn, I thought we'd stop talking about the poop stuff. Oh, well. Or, uh, or dwelling on the mundane, MTV chooses to focus on the girls' volatile relationships with the baby's fathers or their new body piercings and tattoos. Parents Television Council Director Melissa Henson wrote for CNN, that makes for better TV, unquote. All right. Um, you know, I found a story on, on Huffington Post um, that was posted first in 2011. Okay. But it was just a little blurb from popeater.com. And again, you know, not exactly the, the height of trustworthy sources, but again, I feel like it's got as much validity as this study. <laughs> so I don't feel bad presenting it. It says now that teen mom cast members like Amber Portwood are in their 20s, MTV is looking for a new crop of teenage girls to keep its monster hits Teen Mom and 16 and Pregnant alive. And industry insiders tell me young ladies are so eager to be on reality TV, they are actually getting pregnant just to score an audition. Okay, not much of a surprise. Simply take a spin around the various internet forums filled with young girls inquiring about what's required to score a role. Now, there are a few things about this that we need to mention. First of all, the last line. We're going to start with the last line because it says internet forums filled with young girls inquiring about what's required to score a role well this the show is called teen mom so i think that's pretty self-explanatory uh, yeah yeah that's fair i mean 16 and pregnant you have to be 16 and you have to be pregnant go figure <laughs> uh but the other part about it is the industry insiders telling me young ladies are so eager to be on reality tv they're actually getting pregnant to score an audition now that's just flat disturbing if true uh, yeah, very very true. Um, <laughs> listen to this. This this is the methodology that went into their study. Kearney and Levine looked at Nielsen ratings as well as search data from Google Trends and Twitter to determine the show's potential impact on teen birth rates. So basically, they just trolled Twitter hashtags. Uh, they recorded spikes in Google searches and Twitter mentions about the show when new episodes aired and looked specifically for searches on terms such as birth control and abortion alongside those spikes. <sighs> Seriously? So you're telling me now that simply by checking Twitter hashtags that can science, give you scientific data about behavioral uh, – that yeah. <laughs> I don't even want to finish that sentence because it's, it sounds completely ridiculous. <laughs> they – Wow. Quote, it's an extraordinary study done by two very cautious economists, said Bill Albert, chief program officer at the, Nationals, the National Campaign to Prevent Teen and Unplanned Pregnancy. I jokingly refer to them as doctors know because they generally set out to say that doesn't work. For that reason alone, we take it very seriously, unquote. This whole topic bothers me a, a whole lot. Um, I mean, first of all, I, I've 
heard some had some people tell me that look, the whole point of these shows is not to glamorize teen pregnancy, but, but to show how hard it is, and it should have an effect where if any you know sane person watches it, they should be like, look, this is this is not something that I should be doing, and I should make sure that this doesn't happen to me in my teenage years, and you know all of those things, and and working for both sexes for that matter. You know, it should be a message to young men that they need to be more responsible as well. I mean, this is not just the responsibility of a woman in order to prevent pregnancy. Right. So that's all well and good. Um, that would also be requiring teenagers to think logically. Now, um, as I think most of us were, I was a teenager once, and uh, I remember not being so smart back then. Uh, and I'm not even saying I'm very smart right now. But my point is is that I've learned a lot and matured a great deal since I was 16 years old. So what a good choice was when I was 16 versus what a good choice is now is probably very different. See what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. I, thinking that, oh, okay, well, you know, people will just see this and think this is a good idea. Um, I mean, that's a little bit of a leap to make, I think. And the idea that um, there are people out there that would so desperately want to be famous, that they would just say, yeah, I'll, you know, I'll be pregnant so I can get on TV and that'll be my foot in the door to Hollywood. Can you really put it past people to think that? Well, we live in a society that glamorizes YOLO. That's all I need to know. Yeah, I mean, the only problem with YOLO is what if the thing you're saying YOLO as you're doing um, doesn't work out? FML? Yeah, I guess the whole point of YOLO is that it's not supposed to matter. It's that you, you took the chance. But, you know, it's like the idea of, well, you know. You got to spend money to make money. Okay, well, you got to save some too. I mean, <laughs> getting knocked up so I can get a TV role. Hashtag YOLO. <laughs> I should search Twitter for that. It's probably out there. Uh, this this says Kearney said that while she and Levine did a lot of quote fancy economic work unquote to make sure their conclusion was right, the most compelling evidence came from the teen's social media language quote. The text of the tweets are phenomenal. This reminds me to take my birth control. Watching 16 and pregnant going to take my birth control, unquote, she remembered reading. Let me give you another idea. You don't have to sit through that show, and you can just set a reminder <laughs> on your phone each day. So Very it just true. pops up, take your pill every day at a certain time. <laughs> just a thought. I don't know. Maybe I'm just crazy. And uh, finally, I'll, I'll just say this from this piece and we'll move on. Uh, Kearney believes TV shows like 16 and Pregnant work to deter teens uh, from having these, these things happen to them. Quote, shows that make it clear how hard it can be affect girls who might not care otherwise, she said. You see she's fighting with her boyfriend on a daily basis. She's gaining weight. Her friends are partying without her, unquote. So the show also, also glamorizes partying? Among teenagers, an underage drinking probably. So that's good too, right? Yeah, it also uh, glamorizes, you know, fighting and all that stuff. I mean. It also glamorizes bad mustaches from the very little I've seen of it. I mean, God, have you seen some of these guys? <laughs> yes. Between that yes. And, and tribal tattoos, yeah. Enjoy your cocked flat brim, uh, you know, new era uh, as your mouth just hangs open with like the blankest look in your eyes ever as your pregnant girlfriend yells at you. Hope that goes well for you, pal. Yeah, why don't you wear your hat backwards and be like Colin Kaepernick, one of them disrespectful type people. <laughs> you know. 
<laughs> I'm still I'm still seeing posts occasionally pop up on my Facebook from people who are just talking about how uh, Colin Kaepernick is a selfish uh, is a selfish greedy person, and you know it's too bad that 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 nice Alex Smith got pushed out, and it, like, <laughs> you know. I don't ever want to go down this route, but you're getting dangerously close to it being a racially motivated thought. The the only thing I don't like about Colin Kaepernick at this point is the fact that he's making me listen to Aloe Black in uh, in Beats commercials. That's not a good song. Mm -hmm. Um, It's really not. Nor is paying $400 for headphones. Uh, Uh, Very true. Very true. I mean, that's that's really kind of ridiculous. It's one thing if you are going to be using them all the time. And you need that kind of sound quality or noise canceling for something. I invested in a pair of what are they Bose, what are QC tens or fifteen? I forget the the model number. But the point is, is that with the amount that I fly, this comes in very handy, helping you block out that annoying drone of the engines of the airplane. So I feel like that could be money well spent. Whereas buying four hundred dollars just so you can wear them at the gym or something, um, and that's also ridiculous too. The people wearing studio headphones at the gym. <laughs> I don't know what you're doing, man. You're going to ruin your headphones because you're sweating if you're actually bothering to work out while you're there. So I think you retweeted something about that the other day, didn't you? Yeah, I think so, yeah. I don't remember what it was, but something it's, like that. Oh, it was something about, look, you're, you're doing curls. You're not remixing the latest Black Keys album. <laughs> yeah, that. That was a good take by whoever had it, and I'm sorry I don't have your Twitter handle in front of me. Turn my headphones up. <laughs> That's yeah. Well, they you can turn them up real loud at the gym and drown out whatever terrible music they're playing over the louds, you know, over the PA system in the gym, and you know, understandably so. That's great. What you don't you don't want to hear Cascada's greatest hits in the gym? I don't need to hear Katy Perry's "Eye of the Tiger" <laughs> or whatever the heck song that is. <laughs> you know, um, you know that, and it's it, it's funny because I, I've started doing more workouts where I end up just going into the fitness room and there's no music in there. It's awesome. There's usually no people either. Even better. I'm I'm still reminded of <laughs> there was a a take from a Winthrop fan who was talking about how uh, you know the students dressed up for Saturday's game and it was cool and everything, but said that they didn't need to see them do the wobble dance anymore because apparently you know the wobble song came on and they started dancing and uh, they continued and they said. Why do we have all this old bleep playing over the uh, over the PA system? Can't we get any music any newer than 1997 or something like that? And I immediately went back to the jock jams thing and laughed for probably a half hour. Get us something fresh like the Cupid Shuffle. <laughs> Actually, Win- Winthrop's band yeah. plays that. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I know. that's a bummer. You have to be there and listen to it. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, well, <laughs> I'll live. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's uh, it's what non-country line dancing, and now it's become country line dancing, right? See, I'm I'm now thinking back to uh, to Stan learning how to dance to uh, "Achy Breaky Heart" after he got served, which was fantastic. (laughs) Yes, it was. Uh huh. (laughs) Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. Get some loose-fitting clothes and meet me in the basement. Speaking of uh, terrible TV. This came out earlier today, and, and I just had to comment on it. The Weather Channel is no longer available to 20 million DirecTV customers after the two parties oh. failed to reach a new carriage agreement by midnight. In a statement released shortly after the deadline passed, the Weather Company's CEO, David Kenny, called it a, quote, reckless move and said he is shocked that they've put corporate profits ahead of keeping a trusted channel that subscribers rely on every day, unquote. Now, wait a minute. Before we go on any further, 
you are part of the Comcast NBC group, and you're calling somebody else out about putting corporate profits ahead of keeping something? <laughs> that is always funny when two corporations get into a, a dispute about something and it becomes which multi-billion dollar corporation <laughs> is doing more to save pennies or something of that nature. It's like, look, you know. Everyone's doing their posturing at this point. Everyone's got their PR firm crafting statements and making sure that the CEOs or the spokespeople say all the right things and hit the right buzzwords in order to make people feel bad about their situation. But I'm just going to bring up a simple point. Um, thanks to the recent cold spell that hit most of the country, um, we've seen a few shots of weather apps across social media. Have oh, you not? God, yes. Yeah, um, that leads me to believe that a lot of people are getting their weather from another source these days. Well, <laughs> this while this may be a trusted channel, I, I don't know if its usefulness is really going to quite keep up. Yeah, see, that's something else. I was looking at the Weather Channel schedule on Monday, and they have weather from 5 to 6 in the morning. Then they have a talk show with Al Roker. Then they have another mm. couple of hours of weather. Then they have reality programming until 5 in the evening. They, they run weather from 5 to 8, and then it's more reality programming. Now, I never turn on the Weather Channel uh, because I don't – I don't, and I'm saying this with absolutely no snark because I'm not that guy. I never want to be that guy who's like, whoa, it's in Southern California. We don't really have any seasons. So uh -huh. I don't have to look at the weather. Dur, dur, dur. Um, I really – I don't ever watch the Weather Channel because there's really not much of a need to living in Southern California. There just isn't. Mm -hmm. So what kind of reality shows – do they have on the Weather Channel? Uh, they run stuff like Prospectors, which I, I don't know what the hell that is. I've never watched it. But they have all these different, you know, like storm stories and, uh, you know, what makes right, buildings makes not catch fire and all that stuff. I mean, it's it's all stuff that's that gets burned off of other Comcast NBC properties. It's kind of like, you know, the Learning Channel doesn't show anything about learning anymore. Arts and Entertainment doesn't show anything about art and arts and entertainment anymore. The History Channel uh, showed a Pawn Stars marathon on Christmas Day. I mean, you know, it's... <laughs> Seriously, I'm, I'm not kidding. <laughs> that's uh, that's fantastic. Now, the storm chaser stuff all makes sense. It's weather related, but how a building catches? <laughs> well, oh man, th this is where we start to uh, to get some jokes involved, though. Uh, Directv fired back with a statement saying their customers want weather coverage free of reality show clutter. "Quote: Most consumers don't want to watch a weather channel or weather information channel." <laughs> Wait for it. With a forty percent or a forecast of a forty percent chance of reality TV, unquote. <laughs> Boom. Um, Chief Content Officer Dan York said, "You know he had the Tiger Woods fist pump going too." Absolutely. So now, uh, go ahead. Sorry. I mean, do you think he just had the like the animated the animated GIF just just like on loop on his computer? Just, <laughs> yes. Had Mar dubbed Marv Al Marv Albert whoever it is over it. Just listened to that and watched it for days. <laughs> Sorry about it. Forty percent chance reality programming. Genius. <laughs> he uh, he continued. So with that in mind, we're in the process of discussing an agreement to return the network to our lineup at the right value for our customers. Uh, last month, Directv added Weather Nation, which by the way is a much better weather channel. They actually show weather uh, to its lineup in preparation for a potential blackout. In a column published yesterday, Weather Channel meteorologist Jim Canturi responded, "Quote: Nobody can do weather like we do. Nobody." Unquote. Yeah, because not everybody can stand out in the middle of a of a big ass you know hurricane and show their guns and show how hard they are. Because I'm standing in the middle of a bunch of rain. I'm Jim Cantori. Mm. 
I don't know. Ed Hockley can do it pretty well if he gets a certain game each year. Well, yeah, but then his mouth freezes like it did at Green Bay, and he can't get his calls out. That was pretty funny, though, at the end of the Green Bay game when he started to announce the offside penalty that no one seemed to know about and said the <laughs> touchdown is good or field goal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was good. <laughs> uh, but still, do we need a 24-hour weather channel, let alone two 24-hour weather channels? Uh... When, when, when... Look, I, I have an iPhone right here in front of me. I'm just going to go ahead and unlock it and open this weather app. And it tells me what the temperature is here, and it tells me what the weather's going to be like for the next five days, and the highs and the lows, and hour by hour. And, you know, I can go over, and it's 46 in New York right now. I keep that one on my phone because that's where my brother lives. You know, hey, geez, um, I didn't need to turn on the television. Yeah, but see, if you're like my dad, once once there's a hurricane or you know, some other catastrophic thing, my dad puts it on the Weather Channel and will sit there for, like, days. He will not move, literally. He'll go to the bathroom in the chair, and he'll have, you know, bags of, of used chips lying on the floor and a bunch of soda cans and everything else because he just will not move. To watch hurricane coverage? Yeah. Now, is it a hurricane that's in his vicinity? Sometimes, but ask him. He's a, he's a total hurricane geek. Okay, so if it's a hurricane in Florida... And your you, your father lives in Virginia, right? Okay, so if it's a hurricane in Florida, that is not going to affect him uh, in a direct way. Now, maybe some you know it moves north, and there's some rain a couple days after it first you know hits land, but it's not like it's going to be emergency conditions in Virginia. He's still glued to the TV. Uh, yes, absolutely. He's fascinated wow. by it. Wow. I mean, Jerry, if you can explain, it, it, maybe it's just an interest of. I really like, you know, I'm, I'm really interested in hurricanes. I, I don't know. But, man, I yeah, I don't. Well, Cantori says this. He says, uh, if DirecTV drops the weather channel, it means the families living in 20 million homes are at risk in times of severe weather without the vital information they're accustomed to getting from the weather channel. Now, keep in mind that 20 million number because he says, this is not a fight over a large increase. DirecTV is fighting with us for about a penny a subscriber or $20 million. Again, you can tell the PR people have gotten involved. Yeah. Not much. that you wouldn't expect them to be, but that's ex a perfect example of it. Look, and, it's only a penny a subscriber. Yeah, and it's it's oh, not it's, by the way, it's not a penny a subscriber. It's more like a dollar a subscriber. But anyway, that would that would be a whole lot more than that. Then. Yeah. He um <laughs> he says this is ridiculous. He says I think it's a dangerous gamble to put lives at risk for a penny. Did this guy get, like, you know, Chris Christie's people or Barack Obama's people or something to write this for him? I mean, this is just a joke. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, but this really, I mean, it seems like the same people that are writing his statements are the same ones writing our politician statements. Exactly. For exactly. the most part. Yep. So you've got the same PR firms working for all these people, and now instead of actually having any sort of, you know, discourse, it's more, it's just posturing and... You know, how can we make our side look more sympathetic so we can have people log on to I need my weather channel dot com and file <laughs> or you know, sign our petition or whatever the heck it is. Yeah, uh, I'm I, sure it's out there. And don't try to go to that site. I don't know what's there, folks. Yeah, I think it's go like at your own risk. It's like keep my weather channel dot com or something stupid. But I don't care dot com. That's what I'm going to actually now see since we've mentioned that I'm going to have to find out exactly what it is now, just because I know that there's spin all over the damn place on it and. It just it has to be uh, called out. So I'm I'm going to find 
what that site is, just because we need to. It is keeptheweatherchannel.com. Mm. And, of course, now I'm going to have to find out what it says there. It's been uh, – the disputes between television stations and cable providers are always amusing to me. Uh, and it's something that we've seen in San Diego a great deal is the Padres are still not on in you know at least a third of the county because they have not struck up a deal with Time Warner Cable uh, with Fox Sports San Diego. And seeing seeing the information from both sides has been interesting. And you know obviously I used to work for Fox Sports San Diego, but – they had a very aggressive marketing campaign to try and get people to, you know, drum up grassroots support to try and pressure Time Warner into adding the channel. And understandably so. I mean, I get it. More viewers means more advertising revenue, and that's good for business. Sure. But, you know, Time Warner would just try to explain their position as well. And seeing the back and forth was amusing just because when you think about the sheer amount of money that was on the line, I mean, Fox Sports paid a billion dollars for 20 years of San Diego Padres baseball rights. So they are going to be arguing over the amount that they're paying to get on, you know, uh, that they're asking from Time Warner Cable, and then Time Warner Cable is worth however many billions of dollars as a company, and they're arguing about how much money. And I understand that a lot of these things all come together in order to make a company's bottom line. But still, when you think about the sheer amount of money that's being thrown around by these corporations and what they end up arguing about, you're just left going, how am I supposed to relate to this at all? And I'm supposed to support one of you? See, here's the other thing, too, that's just utterly stupid. They're saying, if you're a direct TV customer, you've lost your access to the Weather Channel's life-saving coverage. Never mind the fact that there are local channels that can tell you the same thing. And it says... Find a provider that cares about keeping their subscribers safe, and it links you to a phone number where you can call Congress, because Congress doesn't have anything better to do than to put the Weather Channel back on DirecTV, and surely you can trust them to pull their heads out of their asses for five minutes and get that done. I think that's going to go real well. I think that's going to go great. I think if we could get Congress to mediate this discussion, our long national nightmare would be over very soon. <laughs> Whew, I'm glad we're, we were going to be able to get that in front, you know of the, the House or in front of the Senate soon, because I'm going to feel a lot better once we do. Yeah. Now, you pointed, you made a great point, and it was something that I, I wanted to say a couple times and kind of skip past in my just sheer incredulous nature of looking at this, <laughs> this issue. But, yeah, if this is a life-threatening storm, don't you think that whatever your local affiliates are showing is going to be preempted by coverage of said storm? Uh, there's a joke here in Charlotte for the CBS affiliate, the three weather beeps of doom, where anytime you're watching an event, you'll hear these three little beeps, and then all of a sudden you'll see all this, you know, weather stuff flash up. And they mm -hmm. do it for, you know, like, uh, you know, pretty much anything. I mean, they they interrupt golf tournaments for showers in the area and stuff. It's kind of become a running joke, but they they will very easily preempt local programming for that stuff. They, they have uh, sub-channels, you know, like, you know, here CBS is three They'll have, I think it's like 3.2 or something like that will show mm -hmm. uh, running weather coverage and, you know, 9, which is ABC, uh, 18, which is CW, 36 NBC, and 46 Fox. They all do all of that stuff on their local subchannels all day. So, I mean, the, the, the notion that if people don't have the weather channel, they're going to die is about the most ill-informed, uh, you know, trying to gin up some kind of anger response I've heard in a long while. 
I mean, I'm waiting for Dr. Oz to come out now. What's he going to say with his next round of promotion? <laughs> if you don't watch Dr. Oz today, you're going to die. <laughs> Enough of these idiots. Uh, it's Take It Off Tuesday here on the program. I know you've been looking forward to this all, all day, so I'll, I'm just going to go ahead and share it. Uh, Dateline Manatee, Florida. A man removed his pants and T-shirt while sitting in a Chili's but exacerbated his disorderly conduct by spitting at a deputy, according to the Manatee County Sheriff's Office. Oh, see, I didn't know about the second part of the story. You just – you see, you're always a professional, Brian. You just sort of gave me a, a good tease of the story there, uh, and I didn't know about how he spit at an officer afterwards. Uh, spitting in a restaurant is not good. Not, not so much, uh, no. Normally you hear about it uh, happening in the kitchen, uh, but again, anywhere near your food. Dining room still bad. Yeah, at least you didn't try to show him the bat wing or the goat or something like that. Yes, that would be a bad decision. Uh, unfortunately, this happened on a Wednesday, so it can't really be taken off Tuesday, although we're reporting it on a Tuesday, so hell of it. Uh, at about 11 p.m. Wednesday, Latrell Tresselis, 24, of Palmetto, suddenly stood up from his seat at the Chili's at 3715 by the First Street and removed his pants and T-shirt, according to a sheriff's office report. Tresselis then began to swear and yell at Chili's employees, the report adds. Tresselis then put his clothes back on but raised his hands to the Chili's manager when he was confronted about his behavior, the report states. A deputy arrived and placed Tresselis in his patrol car. During the drive to the jail, Tresselis, who was in the back seat, put his face up to the patrol cage and spit on the back of the deputy's head, according to the report. He was taken to jail with no further incident, according to the report. He was being held on bonds, totaling $2,620 on charges of battery on an officer and disorderly conduct. Now, my question to you, Brian, is do you think, I mean, was, was there anyone filming the incident? Does it say anything about that in the copy? Uh, no, just the uh, just the cop car dash cam i was just wondering if he was trying to make his his remake you know alternate version of that little caesar's commercial where the guy starts taking his shirt off he's like there's no rules <laughs> and he, they're like put your shirt on there's one rule <laughs> that's what came to mind i didn't know if he was trying to do it in another restaurant see how that played with the test audience i don't know maybe that was his his idea is that not what was going on uh, apparently not <laughs> oh well that's too bad which is unfortunate i mean <laughs> That seems like a perfect place to use that. So, again, you know, if you just watch a lot of TV, apparently it gives you a way to get out of most anything. <laughs> yeah, I can just blame it on TV rotting my brain. and That'll sure. be my excuse for everything. Exactly. Oh, I was just remaking that thing. <laughs> what are you doing? Why, why, why are you walking around with this all this stuff under your shirt? Oh, I was trying to get on 16 and pregnant. By the way, uh, there's there's something that needs to be played before we go into the next story, so I'm just going to go ahead and and uh, get that out of the way so that we can right. make sure and we can uh, probably. Don't chase this. me, bro! Don't chase uh, me! Bro. I didn't do anything! Oh! 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 Now. Yes. I wanted to ask you something. I know, uh, obviously, the audio we just heard was from the very famous Don't Taze Me Bro clip. Right. But uh, can we assume that the screaming sounds were the sounds by the same people that were eating the sugar-free gummy bears we talked about <laughs> on the show? Probably. <laughs> no. Is that what the 280-pound man sounded like as he was in the beautiful yeah, the, the ow, ow, ow part. That's, yes, exactly. You're, you're probably wondering where the hell uh, we're going with the, the whole uh, don't taste me bro sounder to start a story. Oh, yeah. 
Dateline Juno, Wisconsin, a 42-year-old Illinois man was fined $250 after allegedly using a taser on his wife after she lost a bet on a Packers-Bears game. Because she bet on the Bears? I mean... <laughs> uh, John Grant of Tinley Park pleaded no contest to disorderly conduct Thursday. The Daily Citizen reports Judge Stephen Bauer ordered the fine plus court costs. The couple was driving through Mayville in their semi. <laughs> oh, God. When they stopped at a bar to watch the November 4th game, which the Packers lost 27-20, according to the complaint, Nicole Grant bet her husband that he could use a taser on her for three seconds if Green Bay lost. Oh, she bet on the Packers. Yeah. All right. Well, then, you know, I owe my I owe my lovely fiancé an apology. She just came in and shot me a dirty look because she's from <laughs> Chicago and a Bears fan. <laughs> Sorry. You're uh, you're wondering why in the world this ended up with people being reported and all that stuff. Uh, John Grant allegedly used the taser on her three times and she called police. <laughs> she told officers she didn't think her husband would actually use the taser on her. Well, hold on a second. The bet was for three <laughs> seconds of tasing? Yes, it was. All right. Well, <laughs> was it three one-second tases? I don't know. They don't bother to tell us. Well, if it was, then that was just paying off the bet. <laughs> Sorry about it. <clears throat> yeah. No, just, why, why would you make that bet in the first place? Uh, I don't know. It's <laughs> We were talking about jackass earlier. Have you not known that you shouldn't write, you know, your ego shouldn't write checks that your body can't cash? <laughs> um, I, I have to wonder if Jamarcus Russell has an alibi on this next story. Oh, no. What, what, what happened with the cough syrup? Dateline Stockton, California. Stockton police say thieves are targeting pharmacies to get their hands on a codeine-based cough syrup used to make a potentially deadly party drink. Yeah, you know, I'm going to the wrong parties, man. I really <laughs> am because no one has ever offered me some drink at any party I've gone to. Um, <laughs> Go to Stockton. And I don't know what's wrong with me. Yeah, I mean... Um, we have had codeine cough syrup in our fridge for probably – I mean it's probably not even good anymore. We probably are supposed to throw it out. But I just saw it today, and it's half full. One of us had a, a severe cough, and we're pres this was prescribed to us. We've had half a bottle sitting there for a long time. What's what's my problem? Why have I not made some drink? I, I don't know, but if you want to go hang out at UOP – there you go. Uh, the, no, I, I don't. I don't want to hang out in Stockton. <laughs> the record of Stockton reports that there have been seven pharmacy holdups or burglaries in the city since May, five of those in the last two months. One of the main targets has been promethazine with codeine, a syrup used to treat cold or allergy symptoms. Authorities say it's also used in purple drink, a mm -hmm. cocktail with Sprite or Mountain Dew, Ice, and Jolly Ranchers that causes a euphoric sensation. I love the idea that someone was thinking about what else can we put in this to make it taste better. I know <laughs> Jolly Ranchers. <laughs> and you can use Sprite or Mountain Dew. <laughs> nice quality I control guess, there. Well, I guess that really depends on if you feel like just getting messed up or if you feel like getting an energetic messed up on. Yeah, the, Maybe uh, if you feel like you're going to be extreme doing any like extreme BMX biking <laughs> while you're tagged, then you should use the Mountain Dew. Now I have to wonder if Aaron Andrews was pimping Purple Drank in that, uh, that series of commercials with Kenny Mayne. You know, she's had a very I, – I still am just kind of blown away by the ads that, that Aaron Andrews has done um, 
and it's you know it's nothing against her. It's just more what they've decided to do with her in the ads, um, mainly the ones that she's doing for the probiotics. Yeah, where she's doing the you know five k or fun run or walk or whatever the heck it is, and she just saddles up alongside two people and starts asking about probiotics. <laughs> it seems very natural. Yeah, this is uh, by the way for for those of you again submitting this this program for award consideration. This is reference number three to uh, poop related things. So yeah, enjoy. Hey, have you ever been playing flag football and just had a chat about probiotics? Aaron <laughs> Andrews has. Yeah, and the bad thing is too, she has her full name on the back of her jersey too. Yeah, not just Andrews, Aaron Andrews. <laughs> because you wouldn't know who she was if she didn't turn around. Right. That's yeah. So the other thing, too, is and, – and I'm sure that you've seen these in stores, but you've seen that she's also endorsing an energy shot these days, right? Uh, I've not seen that, no. You have not seen that? No. She's endorsing uh, SK energy shots, which I think were the ones that used to be endorsed by 50 Cent had that awkward commercial <laughs> with 50 and Joan Rivers, I think. Remember? Uh, no. Remember? No, I don't. You never saw – wow. Uh, maybe these are a West Coast thing only, but on the, on the box is Aaron Andrews and Wes Welker. As his agents have been <laughs> on top of their game, getting him Old Spice and Energy Shot endorsements. <laughs> the question is, did he take a 40-minute shower with Aaron Andrews and miss the second half of the game? That would be a story. That would yeah, be a yeah. big story. <laughs> the, uh, it's, the story says the syrup, I'm, I'm still upset that they didn't say it as scissor, but scissor. Uh, commands a street price of anywhere from 200 to $1,200 a pint. Wait a minute. So they're talking about just for the... The cough syrup itself. I guess. I don't know. All right. Yeah. They're not talking about the – because that – I mean where's the quality control? You talked about quality control. Yeah. How are you controlling how much Mountain Dew is going into your, your drink? <laughs> so if you're paying for a pint of that, I mean that you're getting ripped off. Yeah. I don't think they're going Rachel Ray on this and they're you know they're sitting there with all these different measurement techniques. I think it's just kind of a, uh, you know, a grab and see kind of thing. Yeah, how do you think Guy Fieri would be uh, figuring that out? Like, he tastes different purples. <laughs> That's money right there. Ooh. That's off the hook. <laughs> Fist bump, fall over. I'm Guy Fieri, and I'm out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, of course, they, they don't have any good leads or injuries in the uh, in the robberies, but oh well. Now, I am not a crime fighter by nature. That is not my <laughs> profession at work in television. However... Wouldn't you think maybe you'd want to move this stuff to an area where it was in direct view of a security camera or a more secure location in your store? Maybe I don't know. You've you've seen those those counters. I mean, you have some random you know college girl working back there, and she get gets busted upside the head, and somebody hops the counter, and there you go. Hmm. Yeah, I guess I don't know. I mean, so you're talking about there. These crimes were described as holdups or burglaries or both. Both. To so say for the burglary's sake, how do you not have any leads there? Uh, it's a good question, especially in pharmacies. You'd think somebody has a, a surveillance camera somewhere. I'm amazed that we haven't seen, or at least in pharmacy circles, this may actually exist. But I would think that they have a top ten most stolen pharmaceuticals, much like they have a top ten most stolen cars. You'd think, yeah. Yeah, and then that well, okay. Well, we should take these things that are stolen the most, and we should move them into a certain area, and that way, these this is a more secure area, or this is right in front of a camera. Again, not a professional crime fighter, folks. Just throwing out ideas. Or very simply, you could just put a guillotine over the uh, the top of the the counter, and you know somebody tries to jump the counter, and you just push the thing, and down comes a guillotine. 
I don't know. That might be a lawsuit. I'm going old school. 1790s French, y'all. Guillotine. <laughs> uh, Somebody wants to jump him, you cut him. <laughs> I don't know why that amuses me so much, but it really oh, does. Oh, this is going to amuse you even more. A, uh, a pregnant Florida woman punched her roommate and beat her with a cane for leaving butter on the stove. Wow. <laughs> the silence just killed it. <laughs> well, the thing is, is, is we watched an episode of Homeland last night where uh, that that happened, where butter was left on the stove and it was burning, set off the smoke alarm. So I was thinking, how can I make a joke about Homeland? And then nothing happened. So um, not all the synapses are really firing. I better keep cleansing for a longer period of time. Yeah. Uh, Jennifer Fagley, 24, is accused of knocking 59-year-old Patricia Marson to the floor, then pummeling her several times. Uh, Volusia County deputies say she also choked her and hit her with a cane five times. When questioned by police, Fagley, who's six months pregnant, blamed her rage and, and, and violent behavior on hormone problems and a medical disorder. I, I had the hormone joke locked and loaded in <laughs> case she didn't. <laughs> she, was, I, uh, <laughs> she was charged with aggravated battery. Shouldn't she have been charged with aggravated buttery? <laughs> what do I know? <laughs> See what I did there? Yes, I get it. <laughs> Oh man, you know, uh, I, I just I keep thinking about every time I have talked to a pregnant woman, and understandably so, they tell me about how tired they are. Right. Understandably so, you've got a little <laughs> human being growing inside your stomach. Totally get it. Right. Hormones. I understand that they must have a huge effect on your state of mind. Understand that too. Mm-hmm. However. For you to feel so tired all the time and then have these hormones override your your fatigue to choke and beat someone with a cane, <laughs> um, that's a little disturbing. Yeah, by the way, my, my dad brings up the whole cane mutiny thing in the chat room, seriously. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a good thing that he doesn't have a rimshot sounder in the chat room. Uh, thank God for small miracles. Uh, yep. a, a New Mexico woman clad in lingerie is accused of pulling a gun from her vagina and pointing it at the head of her boyfriend. Okay. Yeah, that was the ex of Cormac McCarthy, if I'm not mistaken, the author. Yep, yeah, it was. R- wrote uh, No Country for Old Men. Yeah, Jennifer McCarthy, 48, left her Santa Fe home after having an argument about space aliens with her 53-year-old boyfriend. <laughs> after she returned, she went into a bedroom and emerged wearing lingerie and a silver firearm in her vagina, her boyfriend said. She is accused okay. of using the gun as a sex toy while saying, quote, who's crazy, you or me, unquote. I don't know, some, pe- crazy, <laughs> like, some people like crazy sex, apparently. I don't know, maybe that's what she was going for. But there are a couple things that we need to break down uh, in this story. I, I could, just, just a couple. Okay. One is um, the fact that they had an argument over space aliens. <laughs> That's what set this off, huh? Yeah, apparently. That's... Does it, please, I, I'm just begging for a couple details on what the argument about space aliens was. Uh, unfortunately, they've decided not to share any of those details with us. Journalism in this country is going down the tubes. Yep. I am so disappointed. Yeah, just they, they didn't bother to share any of that, unfortunately. And see... <laughs> Let's also break down that she used a firearm as a sex toy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, I think that that was pretty much exactly what point number two was. Just would like to make sure that we understand that, folks. <laughs> now, this is this is a sentence that you never want to have said uh, about you being on the receiving end of. 
McCarthy then pulled the gun from her vagina and pointed it at him, but he was able to get the gun away from her and put it in a toilet before hiding it in a trash can. <laughs> oh my gosh. Roll time, baby! Yeah, um... That's the wrong kind of magic trick right there. <laughs> that is not a magic trick I'm on board with. Uh... You know, pull a coin from behind someone's ear. Okay, but pull a gun out of someone's <laughs> vagina. No, 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 no. Hey, Rocky, watch me pull a gun out of. My... Yeah, no, that's not that's not working so well. Um, of course, you know, if we want to make our eighth South Park reference of the show, I think uh, has it had a chance to talk with Oprah's vajay yet? <laughs> oh, Minji. <laughs> exactly. So um, I don't know. That might be a standoff, and uh, maybe our, our breakdown next week would be wit, who would win in a gun in a shootout at the OK Corral between Oprah's Minch and Cormac McCarthy's girlfriend. The even worse thing. I'm sorry. When I originally read this, it described them as or described her as using her vagina as a holster. <laughs> How can you? <laughs> If I'm sitting there writing that copy, there's no way in hell I keep a straight face. It's just not possible. No. Um, is there any reference to tightness or anything <laughs> like that as well? I mean, I figure that's the next joke that's being made. That's the, With a lot of these stories of, of stupid people, Yeah, you find the pun level of the copy to be through the roof. It's a funny story, so the copy is reflecting that it's a funny story by making light of the situation yeah, with sure. puns and wordplay. See it all the time. I'm amazed that there wasn't more of that in this story. Yeah. See, what I was expecting was Emilio Estevez to show up in, like, Western garb. That would have made more sense. <laughs> How about if Val Kilmer showed up as <laughs> Doc Holliday? <laughs> yeah, what if he pushed the guy out of the way? I'll be your Huckleberry. <laughs> I, I went young guns on you, and you took it even further. <laughs> yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah, then, you know, and then Alan Stanwyck's wife shows up, but she's all sick. And, you know, but, by the way, spe speaking of her, she she was good looking and everything, but didn't it seem kind of like she was out of uh, Fletch's league, except for the fact that she ma she made a lot of money? Except that she made a lot of money? Yeah, I mean, that seems to be the only thing that would really tie her to him. It doesn't seem as though, you know, they, they really fit. They, they're not the classic Hollywood pairing in a movie. I don't know. Is, is Chevy Chase a classically attractive human being? Well, no, but I mean, still. So there you go. I mean, I don't really see him as like, oh yeah, that fits perfectly. Yeah, but but think about it though. He's he's a doctor. He's an airplane repair man. He's uh, you know, he's all these different things, and and women love that kind of entry. All right, that's true. Beverly D'Angelo loved him. That's true. Yeah, and several movies for that matter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but. Still, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, I think the script pretty much is what was responsible for that. <laughs> I'm just going to go out on a limb. Yeah. Uh, Dateline, Newington, Connecticut. Call it the case of the banana-eating bandit. <laughs> this just sounds terrible. Police in Connecticut say they're looking for a man who smashed his vehicle into a gas station in Newington, stole a banana off a shelf, and ate it before leaving early Wednesday morning. Nothing else was taken. He took one banana. Yeah. Um, all right. I mean, again, today is a show of risk analysis, folks. That seems to be the common theme. Crash your car to get a banana, have a working car. Yeah, see, this is where if uh, if we didn't have the greedy RIAA, we would have thrown in a Gwen Stefani drop here, but you can go ahead and just throw it in yourself. 
<laughs> so there's no motive given there's no uh, there's no other information is there more in the copy uh, kind of the uh, the store surveillance video shows a ford freestyle of course with connecticut license plates <laughs> backing repeatedly into the store and breaking the glass doors which set off the burglar alarm at about 2 a.m the man had gone by the time police arrived now what i really hope is that ford in their wave of new commercials um could do something where they take the surveillance footage and have the gentleman uh, I assume it was a gentleman, I think you said, driving, right? Uh, yeah. Now, and show the surveillance footage and have the gentleman walk in. That's how I freestyle Ford. <laughs> oh, <geez>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> okay, that's that's bad. So uh, that one I'm going to have to go to Judge Mills Lane for to see if we can. I'll allow it. Yeah, okay, he'll. Uh... Really? You thought, you thought that's how I freestyle is bad? <laughs> it's, that's that's groan inducing. Okay, well, I you know I didn't really realize that that was where we were headed with that. I, I thought it was okay. Yeah, whatever. That's great. Go ahead, make your jokes, Mister Jokey, Joke Maker. <laughs> it's kind of what we do for several hours. <laughs> Not saying they're good. It's a free podcast. <laughs> no one's denying that. Yeah. The the funny thing is, police say the station wagon has damage to the driver's side tail light and rear bumper. You think? Yeah. <laughs> I think it might. Of course, my uh, my dad with the banana rama drop too. Jeez. The banana rama. No, it's it was a cruel, a cruel summer for this driver. No, it's not a cruel summer. We're cutting that one off. If that's how I freestyle is bad, then banana rama references are not allowed. Two uh, restaurant patrons in Oregon were arrested after their waitress say they tipped her with methamphetamine. Uh, I, mean, I guess it's all about knowing your your audience in a lot of stages of life, and uh, they misjudged the audience in this one. The uh, waitress at the Twisted Fish restaurant called Seaside Police after the couple slipped her a drug-filled envelope while paying for their drinks, the Daily Historian reported. A responding officer identified the substance as meth. Police said they found more drugs in the woman's purse in their motel and vehicle. Ryan Benson, 40, and Erica Manley, 37, were charged with possession of meth and manufacture of meth. Manley also faces a delivery of meth charge. So, yeah, I... I, I think that maybe you might want to stick with cash next time. Um, <laughs> that that might be the way to go. I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> gosh. I would love to know what the conversation was like between the people who left that as a tip. <laughs> hey, we don't have any more money except for the – we just got enough to pay the bill. We don't have enough to tip the waitress. Um, well, I got some extra math. Oh, good idea. <laughs> Dude, should I leave her 20% of my stash or 25? Yeah, that's... <laughs> well, she kept our drinks refilled. Give her 25. I like that. Okay, that's good. I, round of applause for that one. <laughs> we, uh, by the way, we, we have another uh, reference about butts or things going into butts or coming out of butts or whatever else. So we're up to four now. So prepare yourself. How far, yeah, how far do we have to go before we get a set of steak knives? Uh, I, I'm going six. Okay. Dateline Heidelberg Township, Pennsylvania, in early December, 18-year-old Christopher Scheller was heading eastbound on Old Hanover Road when he lost control of his vehicle and slid off the road into a tree. Although his injuries were non-life-threatening, a responding officer summoned medical personnel to the scene. By the way, I, since he didn't die, I decided to read this. And, uh, and Scheller was transported to York Hospital. Upon closer examination of the crash scene, the officer found evidence suggesting Scheller may have been intoxicated. The officer then headed to York Hospital to have a chat with the suspect. 
Meanwhile, the medical staff x-rayed Scheller, and this is another thing you never want to hear said about yourself, discovered an abnormality in his rectum. Oh, boy. You never want to hear about an abnormality in your rectum. That's very true. The uh, the abnormality turned out to be a bag of synthetic weed, a socket wrench, four bracelets, four necklaces, and 11 ladies' rings. All... Okay, you're going to need to run that down again because <laughs> I'm just kind of left going, wait a second. Um, how much stuff was there? A bag of synthetic weed, a socket wrench, which is used for smoking said synthetic weed, four bracelets, four necklaces, and 11 ladies' rings. Oh, my gosh. And that, that's just so <laughs> – that's so scary. Um, that guy needs to go on a cleanse. <laughs> obviously i mean that's really scary he might want to go out of class <laughs> do you have 11 ladies rings up your ass <laughs> try the latest cleanse from jillian michaels oh, that's just <laughs> oh man I, i'm so um but, but yeah, I don't even know what to say about this. By the way, before we move on, I do have to laugh at something my dad said. He was asking about how much meth he uses a tip and asked if there was a meth tipping calculator. That is good. <laughs> yeah, I thought, I thought that was very funny. Very yeah. I'll, uh, I'll grant you that I'll one. That's, it. that's nicely done. Uh, apparently, he concealed the stolen items in his body as the officer approached the crash site. He faces charges of theft, receiving stolen property, and DUI, among others. And he's currently in custody on unrelated charges. <laughs> okay. Gosh. Uh, you know, if we really, I mean, do we want to push this theme or not? Because I did actually remember and find a story that I read. And this is something I, I read uh, a site called Football 365, and they have a column called Media Watch. Yeah, bring which it. Is, you know, looking at all of the ridiculous things the British tabloid press say. Right. And, you know, taking them to task for it. And it's very amusing, usually when you all of a sudden get another perspective on just how ridiculous some of these statements are. But they always have something at the end of the column called the non-football story of the day. So this was one of these stories I did not go looking for, but very much found me. So this apparently first appeared in the Daily Mail, which is an English paper. Mm -hmm. A Chinese man who got a bottle stuck in his anus was forced to go to a hospital for medical help after attempting and failing to fish it out using a curved piece of wire. <laughs> the man went to the hospital in Fuzhou capital of southeast china fujian province i'm prob i'm very sure that i've mispronounced both of those as far as you know yeah. yeah he went to the hospital complaining of stomach pains however when doctors inquired about the cause the man claimed he had no idea what was responsible it was only at, when staff performed x-rays they, they discovered a bottle and a curved piece of wire lodged in his abdomen the man then confessed he had inserted the bottle at home, but then was unable to remove it. Out of panic, he found a piece of steel wire and tried to hook the bottle out, but failed. Doctors were forced to operate to remove the bottle and wire and discovered that the man's bowel had been pierced in several places. Dude, you're Sorry for that last sentence. You're trying to pull a bottle out of your ass, not slip join a car. Yeah, um, I mean, okay. I, I was... This is going to seem completely unrelated, but you'll understand where I'm going in just a moment. Okay. I bought a Wi-Fi bridge um, to connect uh, – to hook up the Xbox in our bedroom uh, mm -hmm. back to the internet. The right. current Wi-Fi connector had had died, and we wanted to still be able to stream movies and stuff in the bedroom and you know, whatnot. That's great. And 
that came with one of those mini CDs. You know, not the full size, but just the smaller version. Sure. And as I tried to put it into my laptop, um, I accidentally, you know, I meant to just see, like, hey, would it take it this size? And instead, I, I pushed it too far and had to fish the thing out with a little, you know, with some tweezers in order to do that. Now, that was – and eventually, you know, and I was being very careful with this. I didn't want to damage the computer. Now, realize the reckless nature that this guy has with his own ass if he's just jamming pieces of wire in there trying to fish out a bottle. <laughs> yeah, let's try this. This ought to work. Yeah, how can this go wrong? <laughs> yeah. oh, I don't, we're up to five, so we just need yeah. one more story. We're up we'll to five. We stay naps. <laughs> Uh, Dateline, York, South Carolina. A Fort Mill woman was arrested for public disorderly conduct after she flashed a man and talked to him about partying with Jesus at the Moss Justice Center on Thursday afternoon, according to a York County Sheriff's Office report. Now, did you say parting or Part- partying? Partying. Okay. Partying with Jesus. You never run out of wine. Ha, ha, ha. Oh, hey. hey That's not been made a million times. So... The, so I, I need to hear the rest of the story before I can comment further, but I, this has great potential. The woman, Vicki Davey, 54, was talking with a man who was working on the jail's parking lot security cameras, the report stated. He told the officer that Davey lifted up her shirt and talked with him about partying with Jesus. The report said that Davey appeared mentally unstable and had been released from the county detention center on Wednesday. Oh, well, it's... Yeah, I, I would imagine mentally unstable would be quite true. Now, the question is, does it say where it is, and are you going to go check out this place uh, shortly since Fort Mill is, I believe, your city of residence? No? Uh, it is. However, where they're talking about in York is like 45 minutes from here. I live in one of the biggest counties in South Carolina, and anytime I get called for jury duty or anything like that, it takes me almost an hour to drive there. I kid you not. In the same county. Hmm. But that's uh, wow. a little bit of South Carolina trivia. Um, All right. This says another report from the sheriff's office showed that Davy was arrested earlier Wednesday because she'd kissed a woman at a store. And I guess the woman didn't like it. But oh, 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 hey, yeah. hey, this now. A, so two Katy Perry references in the same show. We're uh, we're really, closer to that. I'm really glad I could do that. <laughs> the best thing that happened with Katy Perry was that I've heard lately, and the whole reason that that Eye of the Tiger song is even one that I've heard is because it was the entrance music for a female fighter in the last UFC. And she got the absolute crap kicked out of her. They also played it at Bengals games after the third quarter and a bunch of fans complained about it. Yeah, actually I did hear that now that you mentioned it. But the thing (laughs) is, is so this girl comes out to the Katy Perry, I had a tiger song and she is just getting beaten to a pulp. Right. (laughs) And they showed a shot of her with, you know, her face swollen and bruised and all of these things just, trying to like psych herself up to get out to come out of her corner for round two and i just started singing in the boat like crying really i love the tiger and everyone in the room laughed because we could just think oh how much are you regretting your choice right now to come out to that song well at least they don't have natural sound of silva's legs snapping is it you know, oh, they, uh, they that was a disturbing thing yeah that was very disturbing by the way don't ever google anderson silva leg in the same no just don't do it well, the thing, you know, the, the weird thing is, is is those don't bother me somehow very much. Uh, they bother um, me. Anytime a bone sticks out of a skin, nope, nope, not happen. Yeah, I don't, I don't know why I watch those. I'm just like, oh man, you know. But it doesn't, it doesn't completely freak me out. Yet 
and I think this is purely relatability factor as I think my way through it, but I watch a guy come down on another guy's foot after a rebound or something and roll his ankle, and I'm just like, ah! You know what I'm talking about? Because Yeah, that happened how to me. Many times have you, yeah, how many times have you rolled your ankle? Uh, too many to count. Exactly. So I see those, and it's I know exactly what that feels like, whereas I see the other ones, and I, it's, it's like cartoon injury to the point where I could not even comprehend what that might feel like. Dateline Rock Hill, South Carolina. A uh, Rock Hill man was charged with DUI after police were called to a Burger King Thursday morning, according to a report. Mm-hmm. A DUI at a Burger King. And no, it's not Humpty Hump involved in this. Okay. Uh, When the officer arrived and approached a truck in the drive-thru at the Burger King on Mount Holly Road, Timothy Denton, 55, tried to hide two vodka bottles. (laughs) (laughs) They'll never catch me. (laughs) Yeah. I'm having it my way. They can't catch me here. Uh, Denton was unable to successfully perform field sobriety tests. He also fell over when the officer tried to put him in the back of the police car, the report stated. Is that bad? (laughs) <laughs> Actually, this I is mean, bad. <laughs> was he going for a lawsuit? I mean, they, you always see the, the, the cops push the guy's head down as they're putting him into the back of the car so they don't hit their head. So was he falling over trying to create a lawsuit? Probably, knowing how stupid people are these days, probably. Uh, <laughs> I'm suing you! <laughs> a Burger King employee told the officer Denton pulled up to the drive through microphone to order, but she couldn't understand him. You should have shuffled papers and said yep a bunch of times. So uh, so she told him to pull up to the window, according to the report. Denton then sat at the microphone for several minutes without moving before finally pulling up to the window. <laughs> Just getting a little nap piece in. Is that what he was doing? Apparently. <laughs> While finally moving the car, Denton ran into the curb, pulled past the window, and then backed into another car. <laughs> the employee went to the car, took Denton's keys, and called the police. Denton was charged with DUI, driving under suspension, and open container of liquor. His bond was set at $8,000. i got to be honest with you. That's a very proactive employee to go take the guy's keys. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's nicely done. It, it, it's very responsible. In a lot of cases, you know, you hear about uh, – I think we were talking about it on this show how at a Walmart or something like that, if someone is shoplifting – then you can say, hey, stop, and if they don't, then you're not supposed to chase them, right? Right, right, right. So if that's the case at a place like Walmart, I would imagine that Burger King would have a similar stance, you know, hey, just just comply, we'll, you know, we'll deal with it all later. So for this person to be proactive, I wouldn't be shocked if somehow they were actually scolded for this action later. Of course, you know they were. And uh, of course, what are you doing? You're not supposed to be approaching this person. He's drunk. He's unpredictable. And of course, there's the joke in the chat room about how he probably told the cops a whopper. Mm. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Jerry's in rare form. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> it's Clown Show Central, ladies and gentlemen. So, I mean. <laughs> Do you think anyone's ever tried to rip off a Burger King wearing a Burger like the King mask? Oh God, I hope so. That would be awesome. You know, I, I if for no other reason, uh, I hope someone gets put in jail just so I can see the surveillance tape. And I know that's selfish, and <laughs> I don't really care. I think it would be hilarious. See, what you need is is like the uh, the commercials that they had with the NFL films music playing in the background, and the, and the the king intercepts the pass and takes it back and scores and does the dance and everything. Mm-hmm. See, I'd like to see drunk uh, dude in in king mask trying to rob a Burger King with the NFL films music in the background. I'd watch that. 
That would be fun. So, and then assuming you can hear his his demands or whatever he's saying <laughs> while he's doing it, that's the mic'd up segment. Yeah, it's like he he runs in with guns drawn. He's like, yeah, blah, 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 blah. sir, what are you saying, blah, 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 blah. sir? <laughs> <laughs> we, we don't know what you're saying. <laughs> okay, just forget it. Just give him money and get him out of here. I mean, as if being a fast food employee wasn't a thankless enough job. Low pay, you know, quick turnaround. People probably, you're dealing with so many customers that you're probably de- dealing with a higher volume of people that are upset with you, yeah, right? Yeah, de- definitely. So... I can only imagine what it's like to be working a late night shift or especially if it's a 24 hour fast food place to be working in the early hours of the morning when people are coming in at last call and ordering food. And it it has to just be terrible. And what I was just imagining, though, is how many times do people come into national fast food chains demanding food that was like a promo that stopped last week or something like that and they just lose their minds? Gotta happen really often, doesn't it? Well, I mean, if Michael Douglas has taught us nothing, customers always right. Huh? Yeah, exactly. I like the falling down reference; it's very well played. <laughs> Three stories, by the way, left on this program, and uh, since we're talking about DUIs, let's talk about this one. A uh, Florida man who was arrested on a DUI charge made it easy for deputies after he was found passed out behind the wheel of a car in a jail parking lot. Authority said. Jeez, that really is convenient. Good that's, for him. That's just a low awareness rating on his part. Yeah, absolutely, though, yeah. Uh, Christopher Lindsay Smith, 29, was arrested at the Pasco County Jail in Landa Lakes Sunday night, and no, not the butter. Uh, he was released on bond Monday morning, and it was unknown whether or not he had an attorney. Well, one will be provided for him if he doesn't, <laughs> so I yeah. think he'll get one eventually. They, they let him know that he would get one before any questioning. Uh, right. Staff at the jail had gone to check on an unresponsive driver in a gold 2004 Chevy Impala when they found Smith nice. inside with the keys in the ignition and the radio blaring, according to an arrest report. You know he was playing like Eminem's Lose Yourself or something, just blaring at the top of his, of his uh, stereo's capabilities, too. That's exactly what I was wondering, though. That's the kind of information we need. What song was he listening to? What was he listening to? <laughs> I, I'm going with Eminem. Either that or, or some Lionel Richie, just because that sweet white jacket does it for everybody. <laughs> That sweet white jacket, I mean, it's it's magical. I've been staring into his eyes for the better part of a couple hours now. So, so, so um, what you're saying is that you're going to tip the scales in Lionel Richie's favor because you got with him instead of Prince? Is that how that works? No, that's not what I'm saying at all. <laughs> you're just playing into your father's stereotyping of me right now, Brian, and I don't appreciate it. Uh, after several minutes of banging on the car's window, Smith woke up. Deputies smelled a sm- uh, strong odor of alcohol coming from the car and found an open beer in the cup holder, the report said. Smith admitted to having a couple of beers and said he was, and this is funny as hell. I don't know if I can get through this, but I'm going to try. Said he was dropping off a friend at jail, the report said. Dropping off a friend at jail. <laughs> See you in the morning, dude. <laughs> now, does he have a person, like multiple personalities and he really meant himself? <laughs> is that how that really goes? Uh, I, I don't, don't know. know. Good it's, question, uh, though. I guess it's better than dropping off the kids at the pool. And there it is, number six. So. Number six, we've reached mm. the steak knives. It's a proud moment. <laughs> uh, I'd like to thank a lot of people. I'd like to thank the gummy bear manufacturers for getting <laughs> us all started on this. I'd like to thank that man in China and the places I couldn't pronounce. 
it's been it's been a you know a long journey and uh now that we're here brian i mean how do you feel try to describe your emotions well i, I was concerned that we would end up sol but luckily we uh, we managed to avoid that well played uh <laughs> smith refused a breath test but was arrested and booked into jail just a few feet away that's fantastic. Here, sir, would you like to just come over here for a moment? Or why don't you just lie down? And then imagine, I'd imagine that, you know, he won't remember the booking, processing, or anything of the sort. He's just going to wake up, and next thing you know, hey, wait a second. How did I get here? I was just... A... Where's my M&M CD, dude? Right. Exactly. <laughs> um, one of the segments of the program that my father has loved for years and i'll uh, share i'll share it now because we haven't really talked about it a whole lot is old people doing stuff that's uh that used to be a staple of the program and now we are going back to old people doing stuff dateline uh charlotte county florida an elderly man was arrested after attacking another elderly man with a shopping cart at a walmart saying he'd exceeded 20 items when buying his items in the express lane authority set Okay, I'm going to need you to review that again because there's something about this that seems so simple that I, I feel like I must have missed something. An elderly man was arrested after attacking another elderly man with a shopping cart at a Walmart saying he'd exceeded 20 items when buying his items in the Express Lane Authority set. Okay, good. I did miss something. I thought he was arrested for exceeding the number of items in the Express Lane. I was like, people do that all the time. Are you kidding no, me? No, no. Uh, Not so much. Yeah, um... Don't get me wrong, that really grinds my gears, right, Peter Griffin? But the, <laughs> the point is, uh, I think we all try to push the limits a little bit. Maybe he just didn't know he was in the express lane. I mean, can't we all just get along, people? Have you seen the uh, the meme that floats all over the internet with the express lane sign where it says, like, 15 items, and it says 15 is this many, and it has three hands? <laughs> no, I have not, actually. <laughs> yeah, it's there, that actually exists in a few grocery stores somewhere. I forget where it is. Based... <laughs> Based on today, uh, apparently I need to get better at the internet. There are a lot of things I don't know about out there. Yeah, William E. Galladay, 77, faces felony battery charges for the Saturday incident where he struck 65-year-old John L. Malherb at a, a Charlotte County Walmart, authority said. Uh, Malherb told authorities that he was buying items in the express lane when Galladay started counting them as he placed them on the counter. That's kind of a dick move, but... Whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, when they exceeded 20, Galladay started yelling at him and said that there were too many, and they told him that he couldn't use that register, the probable cause affidavit said. Does it say how many items he actually had? <laughs> no. Not 21, not 23. I mean, if it were 30, then it's like, all right, that's not cool. At the same time, uh, haven't you learned that the proper way to react to that in this country is passive-aggressively swear under your breath? <laughs> Or tweet about them or put something yeah. on Facebook. Go home <laughs> while you're in line, tweet about them with some sort of witty hashtag. That's the way to handle this situation, not beat them down. <laughs> this old bastard apparently can't count hashtag education system sucks. Right. Uh, Malherb tried to ignore the man until he moved in close to his face and then Malherb yelled for him to back away, Authority said. Galladay walked to his shopping cart, began yelling, and went for Malherb's right side with the cart, uh, Malherb said. Galladay pushed the cart into the man's right elbow, causing him pain, deputies said. That's – and obviously with the ages of the two people involved, you know that they were well aware how much pain this was going to cause. <laughs> I'm, I'm suddenly reminded – and this is really obscure as far as a reset, but I'm reminded of the Family Guy episode where 
um, the the pervert next door to to the Griffins winds up fighting the Nazi sympathizer, and it goes on for like five minutes, and they can barely get up the energy to punch each other. <laughs> yeah, they they um, I mean, they've had a few of those, the chicken fights. Yeah, you know, those like that. I mean, they've they've done a few of those, but it's uh, you know, the idea that that you would still be getting that worked up about something. I guess there are two ways it could go. You know, we, we I've when you. I've talked to some some older people who have expressed the idea to me that look, when you get older, you just stop caring sure. as much. Sure, you know, you don't care about what other people think. At the same time, there are also things expressed like, look, you're more likely to speak your mind because you don't care about what people think. So I'm I'm wondering about how this all relates to all those theories. Um, if you don't have, you know, if you're not caring about what people think, that I guess that's the guy putting all the extra items, you know, on the counter. <laughs> and then if you don't care about what people think, so you're more willing to speak your mind, then that's the guy who started throwing. Yeah, you know what? Screw you, society. I'm putting 22 items on this belt. Try and stop me. Yeah. Exactly. By the way, yeah. the uh, the story being brought up in the chat room, we're not going to reference that on the program because somebody died. That's that's the one rule we have on this program. We'll talk about you know people putting things in their butts, and we'll talk about bathroom problems and people you know fighting people with canes and stuff. But if somebody dies, that's where we draw the line. I don't think that's unfair for us to draw that line either i think that's a good thing uh yeah fair enough uh <laughs> galladay was then escorted outside after doing all this stuff but a short time later he came back into the store and walked toward mallard with his fist raised authority said and why am i picturing going come on put him up put him up <laughs> what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna fight you right now see no if there were no if there was not a reference to the word dukes uh <laughs> then i don't want to hear it he was then escorted out again <laughs> Witnesses told authorities Galladay intentionally pushed the cart into the man's elbow and was screaming and out of control, the affidavit said. When deputies arrived, Mallard was shaking and was upset, and his elbow was slightly red. Uh, any question or any reference to whether or not any of these items were jello being bought? <laughs> Prunes? Activia? <laughs> yeah, maybe. It wasn't immediately known if Galladay had an attorney, although apparently Matlock and Perry Mason are waiting his call. Well, oh, good. Well, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. We can get Columbo to investigate, and it'll be great. Yeah, the, the people from JAG, of course, are waiting for our phone call. Maybe we can get Rockford to investigate. That would be fun. <laughs> we can leave some kind of smart-ass uh, phone message at the beginning of it. Yeah, that'd be good. And... um there, there's no better way to close the program than with this story, and uh, I know you'll agree once you hear it. A 26-year-old Portland pimp has filed a $100 million lawsuit against Nike, claiming the shoe manufacturer is partially responsible for a brutal beating that helped net him a 100-year prison sentence. Wow. Okay. Please explain. Sergio Clardi claims Nike should have placed a label in his Jordans warning consumers that they could be used as a dangerous weapon. He was. <laughs> um, oh gosh, that's awesome. He was wearing a pair when he repeatedly stomped the face of a John who was trying to leave a Portland hotel without paying Clardy's prostitute in June 2012. <sighs> <laughs> so was the guy who got beaten also ch charged with solicitation? <laughs> oh, I, I have no idea. Um, that's what I, I mean, wouldn't that be fair as fair? There's a uh, I'm not sure how familiar you are with the uh, the rap group the Ghetto Boys, but there's a a song called Read These Nikes, which I'm, I now have stuck in my head and will have stuck in my head for a long time. 
I I, uh, I always think of the Ghetto Boys with, uh, if I'm not mistaken, they did mind playing tricks on me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's the one I always think of with them. Bushwick Bill punching the uh, concrete, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that was a kind of a disturbing video, actually, the first time I saw it. Of, you know, however old I was in early teenage years, like, wait a minute. It's kind of messed up. By the way, uh, for those of you listening to the program, yes, we are two random uh, middle middle class white dudes talking about gangster rap. So uh, recognize. Enjoy. Uh, jurors early in 2013 found Clardy guilty of second degree assault for using his Jordans, a dangerous weapon, to beat the John's face to a pulp. Notice he didn't die. Uh, the man required stitches and plastic surgery on his nose. The jury also found him guilty of robbing the John and beating the 18 year old woman he forced to work as his prostitute. She bled from her ears during the beating. That's really disturbing, actually. Yeah. Uh, In his three-page complaint, handwritten from the Eastern Oregon Correctional Institution in Pendleton, Clardy claims that Nike, Chairman Phil Knight, and other executives failed to warn consumers that these shoes could be used as a a weapon to cause serious injury or death. If if this means that Oregon gets a couple less uniforms each year, I'm okay with this lawsuit. Yeah, I think that would actually be fine. What's that like to be an Oregon fan, actually? You know, I'm trying to buy the jersey that the – well, it's a different one every week, so which one do I get? Yeah, it's like you're looking at their Twitter feed to see whether you're wearing highlighted yellow or battle silver or whatever it is that day. Right. Now, there are a few things that I think we should quickly review. One, how long is this, this uh, the pimp's prison sentence for? 100 years. 100 years. Yes. So did he just figure, uh, it, I got 100 years, so I'm suing for 100 million? Is that how his logic worked on that one? Uh, I guess. Uh, I mean, why 100? It's a nice round number? or And it's not It's not as though he can even use the money in jail. I mean, he, can, he can't just say, hey, I got my Nike money. I'm going to go you know, buy all the cigarettes in this place. It doesn't work that way. Uh, I, suppose, I, I suppose you could start hiring better attorneys to craft an appeal. I, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I think that would largely be wasted. So, uh, would you say that if by doing this, that he's, uh, selling his soul is, is that a fair way? I got to tell you, I had a little cut out when you, when you actually hit the punchline there. So you're going to have to repeat it for me. And I'm sorry. I was just saying, was that, was, was he selling his soul in all this? Oh, God. <laughs> oh man. I, the other thing is, is this is all being written up. Have you not, have you not seen, you know? Any of the movies, American Pimp, or any of these things on HBO, do you not understand how the pimp game works? Again, coming from the the middle the middle aged white guy. Uh, Just saying. I mean, you know, why why is anyone surprised about this? Isn't isn't everyone knowing what they're in for here at this point? From his uh, from his handwritten statement, quote: Under product liability, there's a certain standard of care that is required to be upheld by potentially dangerous product. And by the way, he's representing himself. Just thought I'd share that with mm. you. Uh, due, D-O, to the fact that these defendants named in this tort claim failed to warn of risk or provide an adequate warning uh, or instruction, it has caused personal injury and the likes of mental suffering, unquote. That's a reach, uh, to say the least. Yeah. I, I mean, that's that's pretty incredible. Um, I'm, I'm reminded there was a quote that uh, my lovely fiance, who happens to be an attorney, has told me several times about anyone who rep- himself, represents themselves has a fool for a client. Right, right. Now, um, I would say that this absolutely holds true in this scenario. <laughs> he asks a Multnomah County judge to order Nike to affix warning labels to all their, quote, potentially dangerous Nike and Jordan merchandise, unquote. 
So I would think that this would al- apply to anyone who makes footwear for that matter, no? Uh, yeah, you'd think, unless it's like those you know cheap no-name things from like Kmart or something like that. You can't beat somebody down with one of those. I was going to say it would be really embarrassing if you got beat down, if you got curb stomped with a pair of Crocs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I took a Saucony to the side of the head. Yeah, I mean, that's, that would just be embarrassing. Man, what happened to your face? Oh, this guy kicked me with his Crocs over and over again. What? Dude, you need to stand up for yourself. Wait, don't, wait, don't you think we should go find the guy? I'm actually more embarrassed for you. He's sitting there like, I was laying on the ground looking up at his Crocs, and all I saw was those little things he stuck in the holes on all of them. Oh, actually, well, that could hurt if you did that. That, yeah. would, that would actually be pretty painful. Uh during his two-week trial and two-day sentencing hearing, Clardy was known for his unusual courtroom antics. He shouted expletives at the judge, prosecutors, and jurors. How did that not get shut down right away and he be placed in contempt of court? Uh, a psychologist declared him an antisocial psychopath who was 100% likely to commit violent crimes again, and Clardy disagreed so loudly, making such a scene, that he was ejected from the courtroom. Now I just picture the judge standing up like an umpire, throwing him out, and Bob Davidson back to his walking back to his chambers, refusing to talk to him. <laughs> judge Doug Eddings had him removed from the courtroom. Yeah, CB I mean, Buckner. Yeah, I mean that that's, that would be the best part is he if he just got up in the face of the guy, screamed at him back for a couple seconds, and then threw him out of the courtroom and turned his back and walked away as the guy walked after him, and he just refused to turn around and talk about it anymore. <laughs> Clardy starts kicking imaginary dirt on the judge's shoes that'd be fantastic <laughs> wouldn't it do the whole what would be even funnier is if he he said that and then he does the whole george brett pine tar thing and comes racing right. out from behind the, the table i have no doubt that beans were probably bulging from his neck he sounded so angry in the uh in the coming days the suit will be served to nike which will then have an opportunity to respond one has to wonder if he'll have to pull some strings to do it and if nike will respond by sticking out their tongues <laughs> Oh. Uh, oh. Uh, see, we mentioned puns and wordplay and all these, uh, you know, the, these stories copy, and uh, that's a prime example right there. Yeah, and uh, on that note, I think it's probably good that we end this episode, uh, episode 17 of Did That Make Air? For those of you listening on the live side, sports coming up next, and uh, Ed, we're at seven right now. Did you want to see if you could get one more reference in before we close out the program? Um. You know, I really didn't have one top of mind. I was just curious what the heck the show title is going to be for this week. Um, I'm I'm probably leaning towards shooting for steak knives. Shooting for steak knives. I like it. If you, if you have a better idea, you or my father in the chat room, please uh, feel free to share that. But I think shooting for steak knives is probably where we want to go with this yeah, because think, anything else is too vulgar. At this point, yeah. That's, I, it's, I don't know, unless you could use some repurpose some of the uh, reviews from some of the articles or uh, from from uh, the, the sugar-free gummy bears a little bit out of context. Talk just it felt like more effective than WMDs or something like that. Satan bears. Satan bears. <laughs> my my father suggests throwing crap against the wall. Oh well, uh, somehow I don't think that's going to quite work. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, again, if you want to contact the program, and why wouldn't you after this, uh, feel mm-hmm. free to tweet us at Did That Make Air. Send us an email at dtmapodcast at gmail.com. Again, dtmapodcast at gmail.com. Seriously, I, I have noticed that we have a few new listeners to the program, a few new Twitter followers. Welcome to all of you. 
we would love to uh, to have you along for the ride as we casually make our way toward 15 Twitter followers. And why wouldn't you want to be in on ground level for this? <laughs> Look, I just would also like to personally invite any medical professionals that are out there. If you'd like to discuss sugar substitutes on our next program, please get in touch with us. We'd love to do so on episode 18. And I'm sure our listeners would really enjoy that too. Yeah, absolutely. I'm kind of wondering, our friend Julie, is she starting to go on, on the uh, WeFit diet and all that stuff? I'm wondering you know, what her thought is on all of this. Is she? Yeah, she is. Okay. All if, right. If you, uh, I know that she had some success with that before, so it's it's just restarting a little bit with the new year. Yeah. Uh, our friend uh, Julie, if, if you check out momspective.com or at momspective on Twitter, she's uh, she's an interesting sort. We'll just leave it at that. We love her to death. She's uh, she's always very hilarious, sometimes very inappropriate, but we wouldn't have her any other way. Yeah, we really need to get her on the program. Yes, we do. I mean, she's and she has said that she's come on, and we have, you know, it's out there on social media. So obviously, we we have confirmation that she is more or less RSVP'd and has to come on now um, <laughs> because she said she would. Otherwise, um, we'll probably do nothing at all. <laughs> we'll make a bunch of idle threats, is what we'll do. Yeah. <laughs> well, they'll be, but they'll be the most ridiculous idle threats ever. I'll threaten to, you know, uh, kick a teddy bear with a crock or something. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, on that note, uh, again, if you're listening on the live side, <laughs> on that note. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's use that to close the program. If you're, uh, if you're listening on the live side, sports coming up next. For Ed Barnes, I'm Brian Wilmer. He's in California. I'm in South Carolina, and you're wherever the hell you are. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you back here next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. We appreciate your putting up with us for however long this has been. And please don't stick anything up your butt. We don't want to be held responsible. Until next week. We'll see you. No lawsuits. <laughs>